As a business owner, your nightmares might sound like this. But advertising on Cats Digital can turn your nightmares into this. Hi, how can I help you? I'll be right with you. You see, Cats Digital is the only true audio anywhere advertising. You'll be talking directly to your customers on any device, any place, and any time while they're listening to music, talk shows, and podcasts. Now that's a great dream. Wake up your business at katzdigital.com. Do you have any, like, no-go areas? Anything <laughs> taboo? No, I mean, I don't think so. If you hit one, I'll <laughs> tell you. Do you, I'm not do you, need, do you need Do you need or want I a heart safe consent. word? <laughs> Yellow, it means slow down. You're getting too far. Red means a hard stop. You're done. Do I need a safety word? <laughs> Hey everybody, this is the Utah Outcasts. We are a very much uncensored and unabashedly atheist show coming at you from the great and spacious state of Utah via podcast and YouTube. We strive to bring you some news you missed, have some fun with real audio, and oh so much more each week. For each topic we find funny, infuriating, or just plain newsworthy, we make sure to consume each with as much skepticism and as much irreverence as legally allowed by our church-ran legislature. I'm X, and I'm your host. This is episode number 73, and let's find out what everybody's been up to this week. But before we get to that, I'd like to welcome to the episode my usual cabal of hardline atheists and steadfast election aficionados, Kyle Steenblick and Felicia Entwistle. Uh Jeff well, hello. might be making it to the show. I don't know. We'll see soon enough. Anyway, uh, let's get into community stuff. So, as always, we're supported by our and funded by our patrons who, without their love, this show would, be, would not be the juggernaut that it is right now. These four bastions of badassery are Robert Jones, Dan Ellis, Luis Cruz, and Jeff Linville. Thanks to you guys, more and more people are listening than ever before, and we're sounding better and better each week. We do have a little bit of extra praise to give to Danny Lopez, who really, really loves the show. So, thanks, Danny, for all you do. Sorry, no dick jokes this week. Um... With these five people that decided to contribute at least a dollar an episode to the show, that doesn't mean that we don't give love out to others who are listening and enjoying the, the episode. So if you want to shout out, all you have to do is give us a five-star rating on iTunes, a subscribe on YouTube, or a follow on Twitter, Instagram, or any of our other social media platforms of which you can all find us at Utah Outcast. Speaking of subscribers on YouTube, our newest is Michael Thompson. Hey, Michael. Welcome. Hopefully you're enjoying the episode. Uh, we had a couple of new Twitter followers, uh, but most, I think the one that we had this week was Corey Aldridge, which I was shocked to see. He is a professional baseball player. He has like 27,000 people that follow him. I'm like, hey. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, hey, look, great. Hopefully you're an atheist, <laughs> not some guy that mistakenly <laughs> clicked on something. So, Oh, no, that's not what I meant, guys. Oh, no. no I didn't mean to that. do no, that. No. <laughs> So now that we've got all that out of the way, uh, what how's your guys' week been? It's um, been okay. <laughs> See, this is why we cut the highs and lows because we could do it here. Oh man! Um, you just stubbed the shit out of your toe. <laughs> Actually, you didn't stub. Did. You ran <laughs> over it. Fuck! I, I, and and oh. this isn't this isn't this isn't a wheelchair. This like like I misworded. This isn't a chair with wheels. This is like hard wood and i just ran over my own toe with it and that hurt that hurt real bad that sounds like a fetish uh running over I'm, your I'm toes with hardwood 
<laughs> uh, I'm developing a new relationship with Peyton anyway, so. Um, as long as you're not trying to open a little no, box that chains are going to pop out of and say, oh, it's a pleasure we can show you. <laughs> yeah, not, not that. Right. Uh, okay. No. Mm. Nope. You're not going to, like, shortly put on the gimp outfit and put yourself in a... <laughs> Actually, no. That might... No, no. <laughs> That but, might work for uh, some people. I don't know. <laughs> writing crops are neat. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, they can my, be. my week mm-hmm. has been nothing like that at all. I'm about three days behind on uploading YouTube stuff for the show. God damn it. I feel terrible for that. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been an interesting week. It's man. been an interesting week. <laughs> and it's going to get yeah. more interesting as I, I will probably release this episode before the election happens on Tuesday. So it might come out on Monday, it might come out on Tuesday. Right. It's not going to be on Wednesday because by Wednesday, you're probably going to know who won. So, and we just, yeah. we, we have I stuff just, we want I you to listen you, to and read. So I just, I just right. need you to know that um, I'm real, real anxious. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and I think this country has a good chance of showing us how dumb it can be. <laughs> No, it's just, oh it's no! Real scary, yeah. though, guys. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm I'm really scared. Yeah. Next show is we're either going to be very relieved, or we're going to be discussing our exit strategies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I will. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I will be la resistance, but I will. I will probably yeah. go back to hard drinking. I mean. Oh. Calling it a year. If Trump becomes president next week, I'm getting fucking shit hammered on the show. I uh, I will sleep on the mm-hmm. couch, or I'll sleep down here in the basement. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be sloppy. As I'm going to be. I'm going to be drunk. I'm going to be drunk from Tuesday until I die. <laughs> <laughs> Which will be. That's next really going to be the only <laughs> way to survive. Oh God. Okay. So I have to. I have to tell you. I have to tell you about my about my week. Because this was. Uh, so November started. So uh, <laughs> yes, it did, yeah, Kyle. <laughs> na- so na- national National Novel Writing Month, which I've I've done a few times now. Uh, so it was okay. Life's going to get back to normal for me and I'm making time and I'm going to do this. And I haven't started yet because, uh, life has a way of making other plans. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag no babies. Uh, yeah. That's for me. This was, this no wasn't, the, yeah, no, this wasn't, this wasn't the kids. Uh, oh. this was just lots of, you know, work, work shit coming up. And I don't know uh, so <laughs> so the the other day uh, I was um, coming home from work, almost home, just about to pull in my driveway, and my phone rings. Uh, I've been there. <laughs> so yeah, phone rings. Oh, it's my mom calling. Wonder yeah. wonder what wonder what she wants. It's uh, it's a little unusual for her to call. Usually she'll just send a text if you know it's something. Yeah. So I. Answer and uh, it's not my mom on the phone. Is it someone holding her hostage? <laughs> it's somebody else saying, uh, "Is is this is this Kyle?" Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, we've got your mom here, and uh, don't tell me she fought well, and can't get up. <laughs> no, she was. Uh, she she was at the. Uh, um, she was at a local postage store. And the uh, the rear hatch of her car uh, 
broke the hydraulic on it broke and oh, no. <laughs> it fell on fell on her head uh so she got a pretty she had a pretty nasty gash on her on her head god damn <laughs> <laughs> so oh, i was i yeah me being the the closest person so they it, it apparently had taken some work for uh for her to tell him who to call so they wound up like calling five or six other people oh, in her wow. phone. So by the time I pulled in my driveway, not only am I talking to stranger who's, you know, trying to tell me what happened. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Carly's like coming out of the house on the phone going, uh, yeah, no. Hey, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess this just happened. And yeah, I'm getting texts from like siblings who are, oh. you know, too far away to help. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> Okay, like I'm two minutes away from from where you are. I'll be right be there. there. So I had to go and be the good sign son. all the paper. Sign. I had to sign all the paperwork from the the paramedics. Who, I mean, if somebody gets hurt in your store, you call the you, you call the paramedics. Call That's what yeah. you do. Right. Uh, <laughs> so it was a little alarming. So I get there, and you know, her cars, her the cars there. And there's a trail of blood leading from the back of the car into the store. There's a big smear of blood on the hood. There's blood (laughs) all over the store. And they have her head bandaged up. She looked like like those pictures you see of Civil War soldiers with big... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Obscenely large bandages (laughs) all over their head. I have done those bandages. Not on anyone bleeding, but I've done the bandages. Yeah, yeah. So... So that was that was fun and well yeah that that there goes there goes my night it's like <laughs> I'm gonna get home I don't have I don't have any I don't have a movie I need to go to I don't have a podcast I need to do uh, all all my work is done I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna do some writing until I have to go to bed this is gonna be a good nope fuck nope, nope. <laughs> fuck your nanorimo <laughs> I'm like I've I've finished I finished my movie reviews early. Which uh, was uh, Doctor Strange and Hacksaw Ridge this week. We'll get to that later. So that was, <laughs> we'll, we'll get we'll we'll get to that. I can talk about those later. Yes, because uh, this yeah. week it's the geekery, so we're going to be getting to that here in a little bit. Uh-huh. We will. So yeah, that was that was fun. She's fine. That's but... good. So <laughs> so from your bummer of a week, it's just only going to get yeah. worse because you know what the first segment coming up is going to be. It's time for News You Missed, uh, where we bring you headlines that you might have missed out on or we feel deserved a lot more attention than they got on the network news. So here we go. The first one that we have up here is actually a breaking story that Kyle just brought us. I I don't have the copy in front of me, so you're going to have to reference it here, Kyle. Something about Melania Trump and apparently her immigration status. uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, so when she... uh, Let me get all the years right here so I can... So around 96, when she... Uh, when she came over, she came to the U.S. on with a supermodel a, visa. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it was not a work visa. Oh, what'd she have? She she it was came, a vacation she just visa. came over on a on a travel visa. Uh. <laughs> uh, when you come over on a travel visa, you are not allowed to work. Uh, and it took some time to to transfer that and to get a a work a work visa so she could actually work. Yeah. Um. It's come out now that she did work while here on a travel visa. Mm. 
So the is ICE going to kick her out? You know, the people that support I, Trump? It's, it's, <laughs> it is possible because when she naturalized, when she got married during the immigration hearing, during, during the naturalization hearing, they asked, and these are, these are all basically under, under oath court proceedings. Yeah. If she had worked before in the country, before she got her work visa. Which, of course, she said no, because if she had, Liar. that would have disqualified her. <laughs> that would have disqualified her uh, for for gaining citizenship. Oh, man, that's hilarious. So, it, I don't know. There's there's no, no news or anything about whether anything's going to come of that or whether anything's going to happen. Yeah. But... <laughs> I also don't give a uh, shit. Yeah, really. At this I don't point. really. I don't really either. It's not something I care about. It's her uh, husband and honestly, being a it hypocrite. That's super shit. Yeah, it wouldn't even be an issue if you know he were not being a shithead about immigration. immigration. Yeah, right. Uh, so about that, let, let's bring up the the Kirk Eichenwald uh, news oh, article that came yeah. out today from Newsweek. Uh, this is his third expose on Trump, and for some reason nobody's fucking paying attention or at least they are this time they're finally paying attention to this one so well this is a big one yeah this was this, this is a hell of an art this took me 20 something minutes to go through and highlight the stuff that i wanted to talk with you guys about tonight so the let's get started here america's european allies have expressed alarm to one another about donald trump's public statements denying moscow's role in cyber attacks designed to interfere with the u.s election they fear that the republican nominee for president has emboldened the Kremlin in its unprecedented cyber campaign to disrupt elections in multiple countries in hopes of weakening Western alliances. You know that whole, we should get everybody out of NATO that's not paying for us to be there kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's just the opening there. So American intelligence officers have privately briefed Trump about Russia's attempts to influence the U.S. election. This is intelligence officers, 17 intelligence agencies in the United States that said Russia is doing this shit. He has publicly dismissed all of that information as unreliable. Yeah, of course. Yeah, which, mean, which, means he, which means, yeah, which means he's either just being completely dishonest, or he's not smart enough to understand it. Or he, he yeah, he's just really fucking idiotic. Or, because, like a president should do, where they listen to their cabinet and they listen to the people from the different agencies that are reporting to them. You know, and and taking that in stride and working with it. No, he's deciding not to do any of that at all. He's like, nope, yeah, no, that uh, nope, it doesn't make sense to me. It's not true. It's not reality. I have a real reality distortion field. I'm Donald Trump. I have the greatest, the best, <laughs> the most awesomes of everything's. So Trump's repeated glowing statements about Putin throughout the campaign, oh. which there have been many, many, many. Yes. This is the same guy that said Saddam Hussein was a good, like he, he enjoyed Saddam Hussein because, you know, he kept that country in line, which he did out of terror and fear and, you know, mass executions and shit like that and chemical warfare against the Kurds and all sorts of other horrible shit, you know, but no, he was a good leader. Yeah. Fuck you, Donald. So about the, uh, the the statements about Putin throughout the campaign and a shocking comment that Russians were not in Crimea. Remember when that happened? Remember? I do. do. (laughs) Fucking vote. (laughs) You better goddamn vote so hard. Vote vote correctly. Damn it. (laughs) Vote. 
I'm, I'm, I'm putting this out on election day. If you're listening to this in the morning and you haven't voted and you're on the fence, I don't know what the fuck you're doing listening to this show. But the thing is, you need to get out there and vote. Vote fucking Hillary. Vote for Hillary, you pieces of shit. <laughs> if you have reservations, fucking suck it up. Suck it the fuck up. I don't give a shit for, if you don't like her. Yeah, for the sake for the sake of humanity, please. Yeah, please. So this has perplexed some foreign officials who fear that under a Trump presidency, the United States would no longer stand with Western Europe in regard to Moscow. Oh God, oh, <sighs> I can't imagine him allowing NATO to dissolve. Uh, that would that that would be absolutely terrible for the for the whole fucking world. You yeah, wanna, no, yeah, that's that, good. Goodbye, goodbye, world. Yeah, goodbye, all of like Asia and Europe into one massive fucking country. And Russia's not nice about owning shit. <laughs> Just look at what they did in Chechnya. Pussy Riot was ar- ar- arrested without charges for how long? Oh, <laughs> how about yeah. this one? This is a new one you guys probably hadn't heard of. But there was a guy that was arrested in playing Pokemon Go inside of a inside of a uh, orthodox church because he said yeah th- you're not going to get arrested doing something like this and he gets arrested on video <laughs> playing of pokemon course. go and he's facing years for just being a pokemon go player inside of a fucking orthodox church so anyway so this is how moscow has been operating its campaign the hackers have been pilfering information from a variety of organizations both inside and outside the western governments that is distributed to individuals who feed it to a what a source told a European intelligence expert was a pipeline, which is common in intelligence things. You you have a, a doc dump like on a website somewhere, or you you do a blind drop or something like that. Anyway, uh, the so-called pipeline can involve multiple steps before hacked information is disclosed through the media or online. For example, that source reported that documents in the United States intended to disrupt the American election are distributed through. WikiLeaks, mm-hmm. you know your reputable fucking news source that you guys hold Julian Assange in such high regard over. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think Julian Assange has has any any role in WikiLeaks anymore. No, I mean, I don't give a shit. They it's pulled, been they, entirely well. They pulled his internet, so I don't think he's getting a chance to get yeah. on there anymore. So. No, he, he's. He he has not been he has not been running that show for a while now. No, it's and it's entirely compromised. Now that they they've kind of said okay, the dead man switch. We don't need to worry about that anymore. So. Mm-hmm. But however, there are so many layers of individuals between the hackers and the organization that there is a strong possibility that WikiLeaks does not know with certainty the ultimate sources of the records. They're just taking whatever people give them that they say it's from mm-hmm. and dumping it online. So throughout 2016, the site has been posting emails from various uh, DNC organizations that were originally obtained through the Russian hacking. No big surprise there. I mean, I've never been a huge supporter of WikiLeaks to begin with because they they hold stuff off until it's advantageous for them to release it. And that's bullshit. If if it's truly a leak and a whistleblower kind of thing, you immediately drop the shit as soon as you get it in there. And so yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that say, oh, you're, time, you're being hypocritical about WikiLeaks, Chris. No, no, I'm really not. So, yeah, anyway, no, once, once, upon a, once, upon a, once upon a time, it was, a, a, I don't want to say a good thing, but it was, it had the potential to be something that was a very valuable to, to information. 
Yeah. Yeah, it was useful at one and, point. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was there and so so gone. people could you know, people could be whistleblowers without mm-hmm. being exposed. Yeah. But that it's was that's, perverted now. It's beyond no, that's, that. So. That's not what it is anymore. So the Russian penetration in the United States, oh yeah, <laughs> is far more extensive <laughs> and hairy than previously revealed. Sorry, I'm just making a joke there. Uh, although most of it has been targeted either at government departments or non-government organizations connected to the Democratic Party. Nothing about attacking the, the Republican Party, strictly Democratic Party. Russian hackers penetrated the White House, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the State Department. Oh, and my personnel records. Hooray. Uh, let's see the state department and the, let's see, joint chiefs of state, uh, joint chiefs of staff in the state department, the state department at cyber attack, which began in 2014 and lasted more than a year was, mm-hmm. sev- was particularly severe with Russian hackers gaining entry to its unclassified system, including emails. So they have mm-hmm. all of Hillary's emails from when she was secretary of state. No, they don't. No, they really, because don't. those emails were not on those state servers. <laughs> they they, the they server. have emails, <laughs> right? They have they have emails from her to other people, emails that were on other people's email email servers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, surprising but amazingly, her private events, one was like a her private secure. email <laughs> server was more secure. How about that? <laughs> so articles implying irony. that Russia Russian had been trying to split the supporters of the Democratic primary runner-up Bernie Sanders and Clinton while building mm-hmm. up Trump set off fears among Peskov, which is the one of the guys within the Kremlin, uh, and others that they would be held responsible from, for the backlash from the United States. They, they've been there. This is intelligence they have. They know this cyber attack has been going on, and there are officials there that are going, hey, maybe we should stop doing this shit because the, U- the U.S. is going to come back, and they're going to come back fucking hard. Uh, yeah, this is not going to play out well for Russia. Uh, unless, you know, wins I mean they were they've interfered in the Turkish coup that was happening with their propaganda efforts the and they they really want to do that because um we we currently strike Syria from air bases within Turkey and we've had a very good alliance with Turkey for a long fucking time because they're one of our NATO allies and so they're trying everything they can to make sure that shit gets disrupted so, but it's, it's going to fall back on them hard in, in this case. So, and by October, buyer's remorse had set in at the Kremlin. <laughs> no shit, really. <laughs> I, I, it's how, how quickly you think he's going to settle in with Americans, you know. <laughs> uh, according to a report obtained by Western Counterintelligence, Russia came to see Trump as too unpredictable. This is a foreign nation that is seeing Trump as too unpredictable. And they feared that should he win, the Kremlin would not be able to rely on him or even anticipate his actions. Can you talk, can you say puppet? Let's say puppet. <laughs> yeah. To, for, to be a with good a, puppet, with a bad you attitude. need to be able to take instruction. And this so, is not somebody who can take instruction. On October 7th, the Obama administration finally broke its silence on America's knowledge about the Russian campaign. And he said, quote, these thefts and disclosures are intended to interfere with the U.S. election process, said uh, Jay Johnson, the, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and James Clapper, the Director of National Intelligence, said in a statement, we believe, based on the scope and sens- sensitivity of these efforts, that only Russia's senior most officials could have authorized these activities. 
And then the White House stated that Obama was considering a proportional response, a statement that suggested the United States would be launching cyber attacks against Russia in kind. So, and it's shown because shortly after that, Ukrainian hackers began posting emails and other documents obtained from inside the Kremlin, although it's not clear if this effort was done in coordination with the American government. So, you're going <laughs> to, we can play the game just as bad as you guys can. I mean, really. If not better. Yeah. I mean, if you remember listening to the, uh, what was the last, the third presidential debate when, uh, Clinton and Trump were talking about the, uh, the interference and the, 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 all of the stuff they're trying to do to get Trump elected. So Clinton said, we never had a foreign government trying to interfere in an election. We have 17. And she restated that 17 intelligence agencies, civilian and military who have all concluded it's 19 now, how many it's 19 now. Yeah. So these cyber attacks come from the highest levels of the Kremlin and are designed to influence our election. And I find that deeply disturbing. And I think it's time that you take a stand. She has no idea whether it's Russia, China, or anyone else. Did you not hear what she just said? And this is the kind of shit that made us so mad about that third debate. Is yeah. that, and she's like, I'm not quoting myself. And she has no idea. <laughs> I am quoting 17 and he gets cut off, of course, because Trump's an asshole. Hillary, mm-hmm. you have no idea. And then she says, 17 intelligence age. Do you doubt 17 civilian and military? Our country has no idea. This is the discourse of the guy that wants to be the president. And people are voting him in in fucking record numbers. He's he's got the endorsement of the goddamn Ku Klux Klan, people. Yeah. That should be immediate, you know, no. There's been so many game stoppers that I don't know how he's still around. I honestly don't. Yeah, no. As this is one reason, that's one very big reason that it makes me absolutely, like makes my blood boil when people try to say that it's like we have to choose the lesser of two evils. Mm. No, not even close. <laughs> no, that's no, it's not even close. No, absolutely not even close. He's a fucking fascist. He's a lunatic. And I am. <laughs> oh, like the other fascist dictators haven't been. Mm. I don't know. Some of them had their shit on straight. <laughs> they just had very high opinions of themselves, but I think Trump is absolutely fucking bonkers. Oh, yeah, so, he's bonkers. Yeah. And, just, and he, I'm sorry, but my, no, my fear level here, okay. <laughs> you guys, and I, and I understand that you're terrified too, because, you know, you're what? a rational yeah. human being. Um, <laughs> and he, but, he would be he would be our boss. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I have to see his fucking picture that? at work every day. No. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a goddamn female. The opinions expressed on the show do not reflect the opinions of the federal government. <laughs> they well, are those of the, apo- the well, actually, technically, this, it does, this one, but... this one opinion, I think might might. <laughs> yeah. This one actually does yeah. reflect the agencies of the government. So, mm-hmm. uh, to continue, we're yeah, almost done. A... You've got a Can lot I... more on the line than we do. <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 No, I'm. I'm actually having like stress dreams about this shit. Are you mm-hmm. gonna start? You gonna go get yeah. fitted for your burka? <laughs> He's gonna be like, I want all women to be modest in front of me. Everybody, modesty. You need oh no, to be, no, you need to be, unless there are sex no. too. You need to be at yeah. home cooking dinner for your husband. <laughs> unless, unless you're an eight or above. <laughs> Fucking Trump, man. So. To continue the article, all of the NATO allies are sure that Russia is behind the hacking. All of them. All of them. Mm-hmm. 
all not a question not a not an assumption not a we think no they no, know there's some good reason there's some there's some yeah. very good reasons we believe it's russia and they've made that shit public they're like no we're publicly calling you out on this you guys remember yet, remember still he's still defending them and they're still believe they're there are people who are claiming that Hillary Clinton likes to have sex with little girls. You guys, there are people claiming that Hillary Clinton likes to have She's sex with little girls because <laughs> it's human trafficking. Because ring. somebody mentioned walnut sauce, which I read the recipe and it sounds absolutely fucking delightful. It, it does. No, it really does. Yeah. Just think of it—a a garlicky Parmesan nutty sauce. It right, sounds fucking beautiful. wonderful. It's gorgeous. It sounds gorgeous. This is a thing. Just because you've never heard of a food thing doesn't mean it's code for having sex with children. I keep having wet dreams about pasta. <laughs> You're, you people, pasta. you people are euphemizing wrong. What do you mean by you euphemizing? 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 Can can you verb that word? <laughs> I just did. God damn it! You could verb them nouns, but I don't know if you can <laughs> verb that one. That's a hard one. Euphemism and Isaac. Euphemism Never mind. <laughs> anyway, Euphemized. all of America's intelligence agencies are, too. The foreign intelligence services that had been sharing what they knew about this with the Americans, and Trump had been told about it. He blithely dismissed the conclusion of not only the United States, but of all of its allies as well. Motherfucker, on- there are conservatives in these groups. There are a large amount of conservatives. In fact, the FBI mostly makes up of white men. Yeah, we got them in the next story because Rudy Giuliani had oh, said some yeah. shit this week. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see. So Trump had no apparent means of developing. Uh, he. Based on absolutely nothing, Trump had no apparent means of developing his own information to contradict the findings of intelligence agencies around the world, and that he would aggressively do so, aggressively fight to clear Putin and all and cast dispersions on the Western intelligence agencies. Let's blame the spies. Let's not blame the people that are actually doing the evil shit. Mm-hmm. And left the, this actually left the British officials slack-jawed. One former British official who spoken to numerous members of the government Tuesday. said that they didn't know what to Tuesday. think. A lot of people are now trying to connect the dots of all the data in the intelligence files and try to try to understand Trump. There are cer- certainly a lot of conspiracy theories being bandied about with no question that there is a concern about what's going on in Trump's head and whether he would be able to work with him. So, and the last paragraph that I have in the news item here so we can, God, we can get on with this. Officials in Western Europe say that they are dismayed that they now feel compelled to gather intelligence on a man who could be the next president of the United States, but believe they have no choice. Those are our allies saying that they're going to start doing spycraft on our president because of that. He is abhorrent. He's an abhorrent human being. He is the example of everything that has been wrong with humanity. He is fascism. He is fascism brought to reality television. He comes with fascism with reality TV and Sound 40 and at you're, least you're fired. No, that percent, uh. 40% of Americans are buying into it and god damn it all of this has happened before and will happen again and for fuck's sake america for fuck's sake 
Like, the rest of us, you white men might be abhorred. Like, there's there's a good number of you out there, and I know it, abhorred with Trump's behavior. But the rest of us, the rest of us go, oh, my God, what is this human being? Like, and, and then they hurt. And then there is the propaganda against Hillary Clinton, which none of it, none of it stands up to muster. Like, she is actually a public fucking servant. She might be ambitious, and she might take pride in the work that she has done. And she might be... And she might have even fucked up at a point or two. But she's... A few. Yeah. yeah. Everybody does. To think that your your politician running for whatever has not fucked up at one time or another or said some gaffes and shit like that. When you're in the public eye for 30 years, you're going to say some shit. (laughs) Yeah. Even then, even if we account for her fuck-ups, she's one of the best, one of the most ethical. And you assholes sit there and go, she said super predators. Well, she didn't no. come up with that <laughs> idea, okay? She didn't come up with it. She is guilty of buying into a racist concept, yep. which you, every single one of our listeners has. Mm. I have. You both have. You both have bought into racist concepts, yeah. right? I. I, yeah, I've heard yeah, plenty yeah, of racist shit when I was a kid. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we've we've all done it. We've all thought done racist it. stuff. So you know, yeah. She bought it to a racist concept, and she said it. And guess what? She's also done a lot to 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 correct that action. And she's not fucking perfect. Most importantly, she's a human being. Yeah, well, no, and Most importantly, up to apologizing. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, I, like, I she's she, like she's like living in this and oh and the more and more i learn about the email problem her email server problem the more and more i realize it's not a fucking issue no it's a not thing <laughs> it's not a fucking thing hey kyle like she the people the people many, who ha- care about it don't understand it kyle how many work emails do you delete on a daily basis <laughs> <laughs> not enough nope <laughs> three <laughs> three emails were improperly marked as classified three mm-hmm. and they had the little c in parentheses and she sent them through that is not enough to establish anyone had intent and guess what had and either of you and me when i had a classified security clearance had any of us sent those and they got caught you go, you would have got a notification of hey be more careful yo uh, it would have like been a little bit, little bit harder for me but <laughs> well yeah it, it depends you know it would depend on you know what How it was but what yeah was, for the yeah. most yeah, for the most part, we're not talking about cl- criminal charges. Oh, de- depending on who you sent it to. Yeah, if you're sending it to like the Russian pipeline, oh, well, yeah, intent, you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's intent, but yeah, but for the most part, it would just be a you know, it it would be an administrative action kind of thing. Yeah. You'd get you. That's the kind of thing you get written up. Yeah. Not so, what don't... seven seven federal investigations. And somehow this makes her more corrupt with yeah. James fucking Comey, who's a registered him, Republican. Get to him in a second, but let's finish this one out. So the the Western Western Europe has said that they have no choice to do this. Moscow is seen as a direct threat to their interests, of course, because they're on the fucking front lines. Russia is still goddamn huge, and they still have all sorts of crazy fucking weaponry. Like like just this last week, they announced the Satan Two rocket where. The warhead payload on the delivery on that is big enough to take out Texas. One rocket taking out Texas. And you guys, some of you guys listening here in Utah, don't understand how fucking huge Texas is. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's huge. It's almost the size of Alaska. It's huge. Yeah. It, I mean, the maps it's, don't give it justice. It's fucking huge. <laughs> it is easily twice the size of Trump's hands. <laughs> easily. <laughs> Many times over. <laughs> so, Moscow is seen as a direct threat to the interests, both in its aggressive efforts to reshape global alliances for its power uh, to damage Western Europe, which obtains almost 40% of its natural gas from Russia. Should the United States, the last remaining superpower, tilt its policies away from NATO to the benefit of Russia, the alliance between America and Western Europe could be transformed in unprecedented ways. And so, for perhaps the first time since World War II, since World War II, 70 goddamn years, countries in, in Western Europe fear that the American election, should Trump win, could trigger events that would imperil their national security and do potentially irreparable harm to the alliances that have, been kept, the con- that have kept the continent safe for decades. That should fill everybody with some fucking dread. I've read this whole article and I'm yeah, like, why I'm- is this not more, why is this not bigger information? <laughs> it's part of... Part- Part of it is, unfortunately, it's so huge, it's kind of hard to comprehend all of it. Yeah, it was a long read, um, but it's worth every Well, it's a long it. read. And, and it'll be in the but, show notes. You guys will be able to read the, uh, the stuff I didn't, I redacted out of it. And I didn't quote mm-hmm. mine anybody here, so don't think I'd do anything like that. So anyway, yeah, uh, no, the next this news is, item. Because it's, a, it's a Newsweek article. Go find it. Uh, go it's buy online. the magazine shit. <laughs> yeah, go buy the magazine. If understand the level to which we are terrified of Trump, Hillary Clinton is a damn good Christian. That woman has done Bible studies. She believes that shit. Like there is all the evidence that she's a Christian, and we are still like, please. Oh, <laughs> and there's no evidence that Trump believes in God. No, but What's he's there? got the evangelicals in his fucking pocket, as we'll hear when we get to fun with real audio. But anyway, Rudy Giuliani confirms the FBI inside that FBI insiders leaked information to the Trump campaign. So oh, he gosh. said uh, today that he knew that the FBI planned to review more emails tied to Hillary Clinton before a public announcement about the investigation last week, confirming that the agency had leaked information to the campaign. Two days before James Comey announced the agency was reviewing the newly uncovered emails, Giuliani teased that the Trump campaign had a, quote, couple of surprises left. And he says, you'll see and think it will be enormously effective, he said with an interview with Fox News. All of this led to suspicion that someone in the FBI was leaking information to Giuliani in the Trump campaign. And Giuliani says, I did nothing to get it out. I had no role in it, you know, besides propagating it. Did I hear about it? You're darn right I heard about it. And I I can't even repeat the language that I heard from the former FBI agents. He also said that Comey's announcement to come, he expected it to come weeks before it did. So they waited until the most advantageous time that the October surprise bullshit that they, they they do to drop this information. I ex and it's, this is Giuliani again. I had expected that this for this, the last, honestly, to tell you the truth, I thought it was going to be about three or four weeks ago. They sat on it for a month because way back in July, this started, they kept getting stymied. Look, looking for subpoenas, looking for records. If you can't get a subpoena, you don't have a case. There's not a case here. If your judge says you don't have enough probable cause, you're not getting a fucking subpoena. There's not a There's nothing here. There's nothing here. Here. And so, of course, to cover his ass on this one, he said, 
I'm real careful not to talk to any on-duty active FBI agents. Bullshit. Yeah. You talked to Comey. I know you did. Hillary Clinton has been the most investigated political official pretty much any of us can remember. And she has nothing. Nothing. Remember, like, what the longest-running speaker of the House was diddling kids when he was a high school teacher. Like, this shit. Oh, yeah, like, Denny Hastert. <laughs> Forgot about him. She yeah. has nothing. She has nothing. Yep. She has nothing on her. Like, she might not be perfect. Jesus Christ! But she has been... And, and every sin, every sin that she has is seen as the utmost worst. And oh my God, how do we not realize that this is just deep, entrenched misogyny? Yeah, I was because say, it's because it's a woman. <laughs> it is. It's because mm -hmm. she's a woman. Just listen to like, the, all I, the talking that people did when she showed up at debates wearing a different outfit than what people were expecting. Oh, would you look at that outfit? Like, nobody fucking did that except for me during the debates when I was talking shit on Actually, people. no. The first, <laughs> the first debate when she walked out, because uh, my my boss and I had been saying, like, what is she going to wear? It's going to be interesting. Like, because, like, like, we we thought of, like, as strategic, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we were like, ooh, what's she going to wear? And um, she walked out wearing red, and we were like, what? And then Trump walked out wearing a blue tie, and we're like, "Oh shit!" They coordinated. <laughs> so anyway, let's get a let's get a palate cleanser and move on from that for a minute. Let's let's talk oh, about God. the Bundy brothers, shall we? Oh, <laughs> the fucking palate cleanser! This is a palate cleanser because <laughs> Ryan Bundy said on the phone, probably with his mouth all the fucking stance like it always is, because he looks like he got done kicked in the face by a fucking horse. You know, he. Like uh, yeah, as a kid, <laughs> because he was up on a ladder trying to fuck a horse. <laughs> Probably. Probably. He got all, he got all Mr. Hands. Yeah. Don't Google Mr. Hands, people. Don't do that. So Nevada rancher Ryan Bundy said another protest action will be justified if President Obama goes ahead with plans to create a huge national monument abutting the Bundy family ranch there in Nevada. So for people that don't know, the uh, Obama's used the Antiquities Act almost more then uh which president was it that that set it up um god damn it roosevelt wasn't it i believe roosevelt was the one that set it up and yeah. so yeah he was a big 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 fan of that and so mm -hmm. what's going to happen is that they're planning on making a national monument right next to where the bundy family allows its cattle to fucking go without boundaries don't don't those cattle still get to graze on that land no because oh. they bought all of the rights back to turn this into a national monument, you know, mm -hmm. they lost their grazing rights, but they're still letting them out there because that's what we've always done. Anyway, so they lost, they lost their grazing rights because they wouldn't pay. They wouldn't pay so, for it. Said, yeah. That's really the reality. Read then the it was cheaper than it had been private land. Yep. Read the declaration of independence. It says right there. If the government becomes abusive, it's our right and our duty to abolish the government. Good That's the Declaration luck. of Independence is an illegal, legally binding document. The if, the government won't if the government won't restrain itself, whatever happens is their own fault. It's your nope. fault that I'm hitting you. Why are you? Why aren't you being a good housewife? Why? Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna abusive, lie. Like this entire election and and the amount of justification for like sexual assault. Yeah. Like has super duper triggered me. Mm -hmm. Like. Um, because I, I recently realized that I'm living with like a certain, 
level of PTSD where I have like literal flashbacks of to my abusive marriage, like like literal flashbacks. Like I mean, I'm not like acting them out, but like I'll be sitting in my car and all of a sudden, like I'll be so entrenched in a memory. Yeah. Like, I'm just sitting there, right? Like, it's like, it's not when I'm, like, distracted and doing day-to-day shit, right? Not when I'm working. It's, like, when I'm doing nothing, and all of a sudden, I'm flashing back to, like, and all of that shit has been flooding back to me, mm-hmm. and this motherfucking time period, like, I am just living in it. I'm, like, yep. living, and it's just fucking, it's there, and it's really fucking upsetting. So Ryan Bundy is angry that Obama, before he leaves office, may he use his executive power under the 1906 Antiquities Act to impose new restrictions on Gold Butte, a 350,000-acre parcel of pristine desert wilderness just south of the Bundy family ranch. Harry Reid, the uh, Senate Minority Leader from Nevada, has worked to protect the area for years and has described the monument designation as one of his final goals before retiring this year. Bundy, who's 44 wouldn't say whether he and his family would encourage some kind of anti-government action over, over Gold Butte because I never say what we will do. But he asked, yeah, of whether, course. He asked they whether, don't. when they asked him whether violence was justified against an abusive government, Bundy said, why don't you go ask George Washington? Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, this guy's No, beast, not, man. okay, but there's, oh, there's the, 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 the parallels are not the same. Okay, you have benefited from the motherfucking government bundies all, all right over the did place, you get yeah. public did you get mm-hmm. public education because you know, i know you fucking did did you benefit from medical sciences that were funded the studies by were funded government by grants federal yeah. Government? oh yeah 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 you fucking were uh <laughs> did, have, have you hired people who were funded by the federal like just oh how about those years where cattle didn't come in so good and you uh you needed help i'm sure you took yeah. federal fucking help <laughs> did mm-hmm. did those are good programs, but your motherfucking ass just sees it as you pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. Fuck so you. He repeats the, he repeats the fucking argument we hear here in Utah all the goddamn time, especially with like the uh, the Bears Ears National Monument that they're planning oh, on setting shit. up. So yeah, the Constitution the Constitution does not grant the federal government power to own large tracts of land, nor does the president. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it does. Nor does the yeah. president have legal authority to create national monuments. He does under the Antiquities Act, you fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Bundy said that creating the Gold Butte Monument would be an abuse of presidential power and a valuation of, tur- and a valuation of tourism and endangered species over the economic needs of struggling communities. You don't understand at all, do you, Mr. Bundy? No, 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 no. But that's because no, what he wants is to graze for free oh wait we're getting to this we're getting to this the government should be scared they are in the wrong the land does not belong to the government the land belongs to the people of clark county that's what it means that's what it means when it belongs to the government it literally belongs to the people that's literally what it means that means that you can't build shit and say mine 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 you can't do that anymore it literally means it literally means that when it belongs to the people it belongs to the government because we have a democracy with a public sector, which means that when that land belongs to the government, it belongs, it belongs to, to the public. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Right. Right. Everyone. So when you so when you let your cows graze on that land, you've gotta pay the people back. Yeah, it's for literally doing cost. that. Yeah. So it's yeah. literally 
at cost. He says, it is not. Bundy says, the only peaceful resolution to all of this is for them to obey the Constitution. Read it. Understand it. Abide by it. There doesn't have to be violence. None of that. None of that has to happen if they would just abide by the Constitution. Pretty sure they are, and I'm pretty sure you just don't understand it. Here it is. Here, here's the line I was looking for. Why there was a revolutionary war? So, they don't even understand why there was a revolutionary war. Jesus Christ! We wouldn't have a revolutionary war <laughs> if the, the 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 English government had granted representation of the colonies. Yeah, like that if wouldn't we have been a had problem. seats in Parliament, you know, <laughs> in the if we would still be England. Yep, or like Canada. Yeah, probably more like Canada. So Obama has already created and expanded twenty seven national monuments more than any other president since Franklin D. Roosevelt. Uh, for many generations, ranchers in Bunkerville have paid a fee to graze their cattle on the Gold Butte land. But nearly all of them allowed the Nature Conservancy and the other groups to buy out their permits years ago. The Bundy family, which still has fewer than 600 heads of cattle, is the last full-time ranching family in the area. The last one. Their animals still graze free, as they have for years, in defiance of federal courts twice ordering the Bundys to desist. They've given them opportunities. They're not even attacking the cattle. Like no. let's like like go federal government for not like needlessly killing animals who aren't guilty. I, Thank you. I honestly Thank thought you. when this was happening in 2014, they tried to remove the cattle. I thought it was going to go Ruby River. I thought there was going to be straight up, you know, murder. Oh, yeah. people. I thought it was going to end badly. And the government thought that too. So that's why they stopped. That's why they backed down. And a lot of us are like, oh, that's not good because that's just going to embolden these people, just like them being found fine and dandy with their malheur thing that happened. So a coalition of environmentalists, uh, the goddamn environmentalists, tribal groups, you know, the people that actually know the land and give a fuck about it, uh, academics and some business owners eagerly support this Gold Butte plan because guess what? If it's a national monument, guess who's going to come there? Tourists. Fucking idiots. Mm. Uh, Gold Butte has captivating landscapes that Americans across the country would love to explore. Fuck, I would go. It's really close. Said, I would uh, like said the Sierra Club uh, executive Michael uh, Michael Bruni said in an interview, but it's also home to thousands of archaeological sites that currently have no protection, and that could be enjoyed no. and studied for future generations. So, in the two no, years, in the two years since BLM withdrew from the area, there has been vandalism, graffiti. Habitat degradation through off-road vehicle use because, you know, you're fucking four-wheeler users. Uh, and so Reed has had the highest profile, been the highest adv advocate for the project. He's devoted much of his career to brokering such deals. During his 34 years in Congress, the amount of federal land off-limits to develop in Nevada has grown from 67,000 acres to 4.8 million acres. All right, listen the fuck he up. He has third busted party his voters. ass to make sure... That this that land stays pristine, and it should. Third party voters, you don't need to be out there. <laughs> Third party voters, oh, I just don't like either of them. Yeah, um, you're giving your vote to Trump. Stop acting like you're not responsible. If if you start up a chainsaw and then lay it on the ground, and a fuzzy little bunny gets their head cut off. You're still responsible for the fuzzy little bunny getting their head cut off. You made a decision. Your voting third party makes a fucking decision and you benefit Trump. Stop acting like you don't. 
stop acting like, well, tr- well, Clinton isn't the perfect candidate that I wanted. I wouldn't have voted for her in the primaries. Well, shut the fuck up because Clinton's going to protect these lands. We have good evidence that she'll protect yep. these lands. So, so shut the fuck up. Jim Boone, a, an ecologist and writer, uh, was hiking among the otherworldly, and it, it's, it's a lot of red sandstone there. It's fucking beautiful. I saw some pictures mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, uh, it is. Among the otherworldly swirling and jagged sandstone formations known as Little Finland. He admired the petroglyphs carved into black stone and salt formations that turned the rocks into a vibrant shade of blue. And he said, and he, this is when they're just talking to him about this. And he said, not far from the Bundy Ranch, Boone pulled off the gravel road to look at about 20 of the family's cattle grazing on the parched land. And this is his quote. And this, this is the epiphany I was talking about earlier when I was listening, when I was talking show notes with you guys. Said, in a way, you can understand the Bundys. The world is changing all around them, the environment and the politics. And all they want to do is have the world stay the same and let their grandchildren do exactly what they did. So, ladies and gentlemen, this fucking statement right there is the statement of the entire fucking election. Holy shit. Because all they want to do is have the world stay the same. It doesn't. It never has and it never nope. will. Yeah. And that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with old fucks that don't want the world to change. They, they're afraid of everything becoming not what they grew up with. And sadly, they want to tear it. They want to, they want to keep tearing things apart as they see fit, regardless of the evidence of the problems that can cause. And, 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 and we can make compromises and there is plenty of places for us to be able to graze and have cattle farms. And they just want, they just want to completely consume because that is the way they grew up. So I was going to finish off the news with a terrible, horrible story, but I'm going to save you guys from that one because we need to jump out of here and jump into the geekery. So this is the time where we're going to hit our first break. We'll be right back. This is Kyle. This is X. This is Felicia. Utah Outcast. Be right back. Hi, this is Dan, Ryan, and Matt with the Godless Revolution podcast. We've had a lot of great guests on this show. Such as Russell Glasser, Dan Errol, Brian Fields, David Silverman, Doug Mesner, a.k.a. Lucian Greaves, and Joey Kirkman, whom we love a lot. We've also had a lot of really cool local guests. And we're a podcast that likes to fight for the separation of church and state and against anti-skepticism of all kinds. You should give us a listen, because if you don't, you're going to be really sad. Make your ears happy. Listen to the Godless Revolution podcast. Okay, so after the the horrible, horrible horrible news segment oh god it was terrible oh my god we're gonna lighten things up a little bit and this is the geekery for this month uh so welcome to the geekery the one segment where we allow ourselves to uh be ourselves and talk about all things geek uh, we take a break from right-wing religion and politics and generally talk about something a little bit lighter but uh, of course with our own twist so uh, you're amongst fellow geeks. You can relax for a minute and just, you know, take take a load off. So, uh, the Wonder Woman trailer. Let's start with that one. <gasps> oh, that looks so good. <laughs> I can't get my hopes up. Uh, I yeah. cannot get my hopes up. I cannot do it. I can. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a DC. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm with Wonder Woman. I want it to be good. I'm hoping it's she, good. I'm really, my- I'm pulling for it. I love Gal Gadot in that role. But I especially love Chris Pine. Yeah, oh. yeah I know. I, 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 I really, I really do think that if they can, if they can make a really good movie, this is it. Although there's no excuse that the others couldn't have been good, but yeah. 
the, the problem but, like, is she you was didn't... my favorite part of batman v superman like she was like the best part like she showed up and i'm like sure. like in the fight scene and i'm like yes now we're gonna have fun and oh. then she was only there for a few minutes, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm bored for, for me, it was even more mm-hmm. than that. It was when she showed up at Lex Luthor's place, uninvited. Oh, yeah, no, she was the best part of that movie. I'm, oh, like, she yeah. was like, every time yeah. she showed up, I'm like, she yeah. Showed up, she happened? showed up wearing that dress, and I'm like, god damn, she's fierce. Look at that outfit. <laughs> and she's flirting like, with she's Bruce not- Wayne. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm more a woman than you can ever handle. <laughs> she's not tiny. She is no, not tiny. Gal Gadot is badass. I love that lady. She's like, she's like muscles for days, and I'm just like, I love you. Yeah, my favorite part of the whole trailer. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it yet, really go fucking watch it. But like, it it shows that Amazonians are not, you know, bulletproof like she is in so many other inter- like uh, uh, rebirths no, it's her, of. It's her gauntlet. Mm-hmm. It's her gauntlets that are bulletproof, but she's generally impervious when you watch a lot of the other watch a lot of the other comic book like adaptations of her and the comic book she's in itself, she's, she's, she's badass. She's of course she's you have to be you're on a <laughs> yeah. island full of women hot she women can tie me, she can tie me down and do naughty naughty things to me that lasso of truth you know it, you, but it's not you, shit. you know the history of wonder woman right Ooh. yeah oh yeah uh, i mean kyle I does do. I don't, okay a, i was gonna say yeah oh yeah I, Actually, no, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I know. I know the creator of her was actually like a huge feminist. He believed in female equality, but he was also a bondage fetishist. Yeah. You know, he created. So, like, he was I'm, the same guy no. that created the lie detector. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that detail. Um, yeah. Bullshit, bullshit thing. It's a bullshit test, but man, he it has all sorts of straps and everything to make you. You know, it's definitely bondage and uh, related. Let's just, let's just put it that way. So, <laughs> so bondage, like. Like, but I'm like down. I'm like, ah, uh, yes, Wonder Woman can so, do time down and do all sorts of things I'm, to me. I'm, that sounds fun. I'm so happy to see such a female positive figure coming out of DC finally. I mean, <laughs> so many people at Halloween this year, and I knew it was going to happen. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it was like Harley yeah. Quinn apocalypse, you know? Mm-hmm. All of these Harley Quinns, and I'm like, guys, don't let your daughters emulate that person. No, that's a right. terrible no, figure. Not- She's an abuse victim. She's powerful and she's great as a character, but she's a tragic character. It's sad. You should right. be like, like yeah, you know, Harley. You know, like, are we dressing up as Lady Macbeth all of a sudden? Like, <laughs> Lady Macbeth was a stone cold bitch, man. <laughs> she was. She was stone cold. <laughs> all right, so Ophelia. Oh shit, we just are we, did, we just are we having our daughters. Are what? we having our daughters dress up as Ophelia? <laughs> Kills herself. Like, is this who we want? And like she was supposed to be a tragic character, right? Like, you're not supposed to. Yeah. You're not supposed to emulate Ophelia. You're supposed to feel no. for her. No, right. no. You're supposed Wasn't to, that like, a Natalie Merchant album? Ophelia, I can't remember. <laughs> I don't Deep know. cut I there. Know. Shut up, X. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the, the the scene in the trailer that had me going the most was when she was uh, wearing like the the British clothes of the 1900s. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, she's like, how the how do you guys fight in this stuff? And like the what. Uh, Etta Candy's looking at her like fight. What? What are you talking about? And the Gal Gadot's like doing like a vertical kick, wearing knickers and shit. And I'm like, I'm like, that is badass. <laughs> I was like, I love she's that. Amazing. She's like trying to stretch out and this shit. She's like, this doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I know it doesn't. You're the best. But it's just it, you can tell that there's going to be a point in the movie where she's trying to keep everything under wraps, under wraps, under wraps until she mm-hmm. gets to the front line and she's like, fuck this. <laughs> And so we have yeah. our Steve Rogers Amer- Captain America moment. So I think mm-hmm. if they emulate the first Avenger enough, but make it considerably different, because the first Captain America was kind of dull. I'm not going to lie. I liked it, but it was dull. A little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, but she's already been spicy. Like she was spicy yeah. in Batman v Superman. She was like, yep, yep, yep. she was like, she was her own entity. Like, like we we were familiar with Batman. Well, like, and the the real plus nausea. The real plus the DC and Warner Brothers finally have decided what they're going to do is they have Jeff Johns running the story. So you have Kevin Feige on, mm-hmm. at Marvel, who's the movie runner. Like his name's attached to every movie. Right, right, he's right, the one right. keeping all the mm-hmm. details straight, all the timeline, all the characters, all this and that and the other thing. That's going, that's out there. And so with Jeff Johns, who is an amazing fucking comic comic book writer, love the guy. A lot of people don't like him. I personally like a lot of his shit, but he's he's done wonders for the DC universe, and he's got that encyclopedic knowledge that you need to keep all of this shit straight. So I'm I'm glad to see this is the first of the DC movies where they finally decided, hey, we need somebody to run everything. And so, I mean, you and, see- and how how glad are we to have an Islander doing Aquaman? That makes fucking sense. Oh man, that yeah. that tra- I still watch that trailer for oh, Justice League. That J- that Justice League trailer still gives me wood. I, I I'm not even gonna lie. The part where Barry <laughs> Allen's looking at the battery oh, coming wow. at him, and he's just like, "Holy fuck, this guy's Batman." <laughs> Jason Momoa gives me like giggles. Oh, and the character of the character of Arthur Curry is a great fucking character. Uh, there's mm. been some really yeah. good runs of Aquaman. It just sucks mm. that he's, he's he's got so much baggage from the the classic animated <laughs> series. Look, I watched a video today to relieve some mm. of my anxiety to, of dolphins recognizing themselves in mirrors, which they totally do. By the way, like you watch that video and you're like, nope, they know what they're looking at. <laughs> They know they're looking at themselves and they're like, what if I spin upside down and blow bubbles? And like, then they do. And it's adorable. And it's also like, <laughs> and like, oh, and the funny thing is that these dolphins are only like, like three years old. So they're like toddlers. They are. And like, they're acting exactly like toddlers in front of mirrors. It's the best That's thing funny. ever. And um, yeah, so Jason Momoa is like Aquaman. Yeah. Like, I'm like, yes, this. This all the time, please. Wonder Woman and Aquaman. That's all I give a shit about. Like, I, like I'm actually I, okay. I didn't think this was gonna happen to me, but I am kind over Marvel. Marvel lately, like, um, the uh, it's not Winter Soldier. Uh, what's the newest? One? Civil War. Civil War. Yeah, that's Civil War didn't, <laughs> didn't hit me. Oh, for me that that one made my love come back because it was kind of waning with Ultron. I liked Age of Ultron, but it was like yeah, that was more of a placeholder movie for me than what you got with Civil War. And that one, there was so I much thought- good action. God damn it, there was so much good action. Though they had a they they had they had they had a good story. They they had a lot under the surface. Yeah. That I, I wish they would have. I wish they would have. <laughs> I wish they would have gotten a, more. I, into. There's nothing more in depth. Like, um, my issue. Like, I love the characters in Marvel, but like, mm-hmm. uh, where is our diversity of these interesting characters at this point? Yeah. Like, I'm seeing the same stories over and over and over, and I'm like, um, welcome to comic book movies. <laughs> you guys have some good stories to tell here. Can we start telling them? And 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 DC has been failing me. Like, ooh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> uh, and 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 I know you're. I know you're a fan of the the Superman movie and and Batman v Superman X. But um, what I, you shouldn't have to because they should have released it in the goddamn theaters the, the way it was intended. But if you watch mm-hmm. the extended cut, it's a ninety five percent better movie because shit actually that makes sense. Fun. 
the extended cut of Batman vs Superman, the director's but, cut. I'll give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. It's an extra like forty minutes of movie, so it's like a three-hour movie. That's because Zack Snyder does that. He he doesn't know how to I edit. <laughs> so that's fine by me. Like I, I yeah, I, I mean, fuck me. I watched long. thirteen hours of Luke Cage. I'll watch. <laughs> I prefer the extended editions. I of like Lord getting of the Rings. to hear stories. I love yeah. being able to hear. Yeah. you know. No, I love that shit. Yeah. No, um, but the the Superman. Mm, forgetting the name. Uh, Man of anyway. Steel. Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Yeah. Which Man of Steel. I watched it at the screener with Kyle, and both of us walked out and were yeah. like, now that's a fucking Superman movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was actually down. Because I walked it, it, out and we had was like, shit, I've finally been engaged by a Superman movie because I, yeah. my opinion has largely been, I don't know why I give a fuck about Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, but yeah. then I walked out and I'm going, oh, I had fun. But then Until I started watching Batman v Superman, and I, yeah, and then I realized, like, it didn't, I largely had forgotten it. Like, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't, it didn't stick with me. Like, the, the, no, the it story. No, it didn't hold up. Or, yeah, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't hold up. It didn't have it had an had impact, a... which is the importance of a continuation of story like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing that has stuck with me from Batman v Superman has been Wonder Woman. And yes, I am <laughs> super biased. But, like, she, like, she showed up on screen every moment, and all of a sudden I was like, oh, whoa, when did this get interesting? This is neat. <laughs> like, I wasn't even, like, consciously waiting for her, right? Like, I was just like, I don't, I came here because I had to. Yeah. And then Wonder Woman shows up, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, damn. And then she shows up in the fight scene, and you're like, oh, it's gonna be a good movie. Getting good, guys. And then she's only there for a few minutes, and you're like, I'm bored again. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, it has problems, but I can say that about mm-hmm. a lot of superhero flicks because if you think yeah. too hard or you think back on it, you're like, why, why did they do this? Why did they do that? But we're not no, trying I'm to pick not. that apart. I'm so not. Kyle, Kyle, Dr. Strange. Yeah. Dr. Strange. Oh, Dr. Strange was really good. It was really good. They, uh, so, so Marvel's gone back to, uh, a, a real, a true origin story. Ah, so, uh, so this is then, so. yeah in that in that vein yes but they fixed a lot of origin story problems yeah because hmm, interesting. you go back and watch the first iron man you're like the first 30 minutes and then it's like okay this movie hit a speed bump <laughs> yeah yeah it hit a speed bump uh i mean they they they've re- they really nailed a whole lot of elements you've got a you've got a good story You've you've got a really pretty compelling uh, story, uh, good, really good character development. They they could have developed the uh, the villain more, but they've got a cast. But Holy shit, they've got a cast for this movie. They, oh yeah, they do. They do have a cast. Yeah, I see, mean, it, I've gone back and watched Iron Man, the first one, yeah. and enjoyed it again and again and again. Yeah, like oh yeah, no, like, it's, it's well, still like, enjoyable. If it's on TV, yeah, it's still fun. Well, the mm-hmm. fun the fun thing to go back and watch the original Iron Man is to think to yourself, we had no idea they were going to do an Avengers. It was all right. speculation, you know. We had right. no inclination that it was going to be 15 movies later and we have Civil War where mm-hmm. Captain America and Iron Man are fighting each other with Winter Soldier assisting <gasps> and it's like, yeah. What? Oh. <laughs> oh, real quick, just real quick blueberry, but it's something I find super fun. So Catwoman has always been like one of my favorite characters don't tell me turns you out, did you watch the Halle Berry movie 
I did. Oh, God. Watched it twice. Uh, oh, God. It was bad. It was bad. I get that. Yeah. But also, Catwoman. So, Catwoman has always been one of my favorite characters, like, since I was a little girl. I had her action figure and everything. Um, the, uh, the, the, the stripey face. I'm just bad with names tonight. Michelle Pfeiffer? Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, with yeah. the put together yeah, yeah, yeah. suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um Dem boots, yo. <laughs> oh. Those boots though. <laughs> uh th- those boots though. Uh so it turns out there is a um Marvel Universe version who's called Black Cat. Oh, Black Cat, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's her first name? Felicia. What's her first name? Felicia. It's Felicia! Felicia! It's Felicia! Mm-hmm. I was so happy! I was so happy. That was a little blueberry for everyone. That's a good yeah. costume, too. Mm-hmm. I like that costume. Right? I need to do this one. I need to, do this. I need to go as Felicia for Halloween. It'd be amazing. So, Kyle, Do- Doctor Strange, it fixes all the stuff from the uh, from origin movies and has a great yeah. fucking cast. Great special effects we were talking about prior to the show. Oh, really? Yeah. This is... Uh, this is this is probably the first time I would I ever said that you really should go see this one in the IMAX 3D mm. because they make they make full use of it. I need to get my tickets tonight. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, they make really good use of it, and they actually the visuals in this movie are used very well because they are it, it, they use the visuals as a narrative tool. It's important then. It's not just it is. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Cool. So they, they do use the visuals as a narrative tool. They, they, they use all these elements to introduce, explain and expand a completely new element in, in that universe. Yeah. Because we've already had the cosmic stuff with uh, guardians and it's going to continue with uh, infinity war. And yeah. You have the regular Marvel universe, so you have the Avengers and everything else, and now you have the mystic side mm-hmm. of things. So, and they've been exploring yeah. that a little bit on Agents of Shield with uh, Ghost Rider as well. So, mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of trying to embrace all the fronts of it. So, we'll see. I, I'm I'm looking forward to going to see it. So, it gets a thumbs up from you. Oh yeah, it it was it was very well done, and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch plays a very good and very convincing asshole. <laughs> it seems oh, like he could. Shock. Oh, <laughs> shock Steven's, I tell you. Yeah. Stephen Strange is an asshole. He makes Tony Stark look just like a pussycat. Prior to I humbling Stone, Tony Stark, game. right? Oh well, he only humbles himself so so much. Yeah. Because he's still Stephen Strange. Yeah. And he's still, even at the end of the movie, he still insists on being called Doctor. So Moving on, we have uh, the mm-hmm. the announcement of a Starship Troopers sequel, I believe. <laughs> or, <laughs> okay, or, uh, ironic. We don't need a we don't need a uh, sequel because we had the head four and an animated series. That's but fine. There I'll was just, an anime. I'll take another Starship Troopers. That's fine. It, as long as it's directed by Paul Van Verhoeven or whatever the guy that did <laughs> RoboCop, because he made that movie charming. <laughs> and there's a lot of people that watch it that. They're watching it with the wrong fucking mindset. <laughs> yeah. I know you shouldn't have a movie where you have to tell everybody, hey, this is how you should watch this movie. But let me tell you, going back and watching Flash Gordon, knowing that it was supposed to be a campy spoof of the original serials made a lot more mm-hmm. sense than it trying to be a serious sci-fi movie. I was like, 
Right. Oh, well, this makes a lot more fucking sense now. You know, this is so. why viewing art with an educated understanding of it can mm-hmm. bring more meaning to the art itself. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's watching- something, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't understand the argument. Like you should be able to just go in blind. No, I don't get it. No, sometimes you need it. some prompting. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think that's fine. I think that's fine. So I don't know if it's a reboot or anything like that, but I personally really enjoyed the first movie, the first Starship Troopers. I even liked the other two sequels and the animated stuff that came out. I, fuck, I've even watched the anime from like the actually early the animate the animated stuff that I watched. Uh, oh, it was it, it would have been the two thousands. That was the like CG my introduction stuff, yeah. to it. Yeah, I was all into it. Like, it was, like, that was my introduction to it. Like, yeah. I had no idea there was any other stuff about it. Like that. And and fuck anyone who judges me for that shit. That's not my fucking fault. That was my introduction. And I was all into it. And then as an adult, I realized that there was like more to it. And I also enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Understanding context. Co-ed and, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I thought there was, <laughs> it was a fabulous oh, yeah. context. I thought there was a there was a beautiful there that was a great and con uh, oh anyone who says that art doesn't ex- like exist without its context to just shove it up your ass every art exists within context let's put it this way and- the first movie had michael ironsides playing a great fucking character and you had <laughs> clancy brown mr fucking crabs as drill instructor zim mm-hmm. plus you had gary Busey's son jake Busey. <laughs> also i watched that movie and you could totally tell this was satire sorry like and that's the thing yeah oh you could absolutely it was meant to be okay for people that have never read highline's books like uh when you read starship troopers it's supposed to be a yay military kind of thing you know pump your fist up let's join let's all join the military the movie did a great job of satirizing that to making it go yeah. Look how fucking pointless all this is, you know. I oh yeah, Neil Patrick movie. Harris. I forgot about that. He was in that movie too. <laughs> I how dare you? For, how dare you forget Neil Patrick our, Harris? Our Lord and Savior, Neil Patrick Harris. He made that movie. Well, since we're talking about him, did you guys see the little tr- the teaser trailer we got for the oh yes, of I did. Events? I yeah. did. I did. The, I did. I'm, series, I'm excited for that one. The movie series nope. didn't go anywhere, but I'm looking forward to this one. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. It looks interesting. Uh, I have a, a little bit of a plea to people out there that, uh, are fans of the last unicorn. Yes. I'm one of them. <laughs> Me too. Mm-hmm. The guy that oh, originally, yeah. uh, created the last unicorn, his name is Peter S. Beagle. Uh, he is suing mm-hmm. his former manager, Connor Cochran for elder abuse. Oh God! Yeah. So, uh, Vice News ran, ran a story about this. There was like a whole decade of abuse and cheating done in Peter's name. So, just Google "last unicorn fraud." This comes from uh, Reddit because I, I found this the other day, and I knew something was going on with it. But uh, they had him. Uh, let's see, what is it? He was seventy-seven years old, and they dragged him along uh, on the tour to show the movie to places, uh, selling a massive amount of merchandise dragged Peter along to sign everything while making him sleep on couches. So. Oh, that poor man. So the Cochran guy pre-sold a lot of like merchandise and everything that ended up never existing. He failed to deliver for like over a decade. So he made his entire living out of scamming Peter and his fans. And the bad thing is, is like the, the manager guys managed to convince the family that it's in their best interest also to take advantage of their dad. So. Thankfully, Peter Beagle has sued and um, 
they're taking it to court. So they're, they're trying to take, take this as high as it can go to get his rights back to this and everything. So if, if you are going to buy the movie anytime in the future or the books or anything like that, please don't buy anything from, uh, Connor Cochran or Conland press. Take a look at and make sure you Mm -hmm. don't get those copies because he, the actual writer, Peter S. Beagle does not receive a single cent for that. So, Good announcement. So just keep an eye out for that one. It, it's too bad. The guy's a fucking is a nice old man. I've I've watched interviews with him. He and he's a he made a great story. I fucking love that movie. <laughs> I I think it was actually a beautiful art piece. It was, yeah. it was a great one. Oh, uh, oh yeah. I had something here about the the other cool stuff that Obama's doing right before he's leaving office about setting up a better charging station corridor for electronic vehicles. That's kind of cool. <laughs> That's very cool. Yeah. It's, it's going to be easier to traverse the United States in the EV now, so happy to see that. Uh, they, we finally have information about Ghost in the Shell, the uh, the movie that's coming out here pretty soon. And it's not going to be the... There's a lot of storylines that happen in Ghost in the Shell. You have Standalone Complex, mm-hmm. you have Standalone Complex, Second Gig, you have the two movies, you have a bunch of other stuff, the, the OVAs that start up the whole thing. But this is going to take place during the... Uh, Kuze part of it. So it was during the standalone complex second gig. It's not going to be Puppet Master. It's not going to be the second movie, which if Jesus Christ, if you're an anime fan and you haven't seen Ghost in the Shell Part Two, you're you're missing the fuck out. You're, that, you're, that is, you're, you're failing as an anime fan. Because that is one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen put to animation. Holy shit, mm-hmm. guys. And there's a couple of scenes where you're like, what the fuck am I watching? I don't know what's going on because <laughs> it's such a mind fuck. Anyway. Uh, I'm glad to see that they're they're going with that because Second Gig was arg- arguably the best of the Ghost in the Shell TV series. I I really enjoyed that one, uh, but I still find it kind of problematic that Scarlett Johansson is going to play Major Kusanagi. I have an issue with that. Yeah, and I have a problem with. Yeah. Wait, her name is Kusanagi. Yeah, that's white. Yeah, Major Major, Major Matoko her name Kusanagi. Is Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Kusanagi. Like, yeah. why are we not getting somebody who is Japanese, please? Well, you have Takeshi Kitano, who's going to be in, or Takeshi Beat. You've seen him in just about every other movie where they need a token Japanese yep. guy. He's amazing in Japan. He's a really fucking huge there, but over here, he's just like, oh yeah, that guy from Johnny Mnemonic. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. But why aren't we getting a Japanese woman? To- I honestly don't know because I think it should be know. that way. But I mean, even Bateau and all the other guys on the team, they they all have very Japanese names. <laughs> Saito. You have all of these other amazing characters that they could use. Like you have the the not the major, the uh, Aramaki, the guy that runs Section Nine or Section Seven. Mm-hmm. I can't remember which one is. Fuck, it's been a long time. That runs the special agency, you know. And if they're going to replace him with like some white dude, it's like, oh, come on, man, <laughs> you could do better than that. I get the whole. Um, the ancient one that they're doing with like Dr. Strange. I get that. Yeah. And there's a, Oh God. And his name is escaping me right yeah, now. He the came director. Out with a message, yeah. About yeah. How, he came out with a, it was a really good one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, let's see. Go, the, go look for that. We won't get into it. Last couple, a little bit, little, little bits of quick news before we move on to phone with real audio, the black hole, the remake that was supposed to be happening with that has been shelved. They have a, they have a script. Oh. They had it. They had a spec and everything, but it's been it's been shelved for now. Uh, Beauty and the Beast live action. We got our first still from it. I think it looks kind of. Uh, I'm excited, but the Beast looks kind of wonky. <laughs> I'm yeah, not gonna lie. No, I need I to see it in motion. I, 
yeah, I can't I can't judge based off those based so, off those because uh, that may not be exactly how it looks in the movie. So in the animated movie, it's her dad Maurice who is the inventor. Now she's mm-hmm. the inventor, so they can get rid of that character. So they don't have to have what? the yeah. They were getting rid of Maurice. <laughs> yeah, or the, he might be in it, but now she's the inventor, not him. I, I haven't. Right. I'm withholding judgment. Yeah, so I, I'm withholding mm-hmm. judgment as well. And the last little bit of yay news that we have from Disney is that a uh, Big Hero Six cartoon is coming, and it retains mm-hmm. most of the cast. Yes, I so. believe except I, everybody except I believe T.J. Miller. Yeah, which I'm I'm just happy to see because I I fucking adored Big Hero Six, and the funny yeah. thing it, it takes place in the Marvel universe. <laughs> mm-hmm. They don't say what Earth, but it's a Marvel product, so I love that. Especially you get to see Stanley at the very end. This is Stanley. <laughs> anyway, that's it for this. We're gonna jump into fun with real audio. We're gonna make it really fucking brief because y'all, we had a long oh, interview. Yeah. <laughs> and you guys are both falling asleep on Mike. Anyway, it's Utah Outcast. We'll be right back. Do you know where Saskatchewan is? Probably not. It's in Canada. If you do, you might know a city named Regina. In Regina, there's a studio. And in that studio, there are, at least once a month, a bunch of skeptical atheist geeks and goofballs who get together to do a podcast. We are the Brainstorm Crew, and we're trying to help spread a bit of reason and critical thinking while still having fun. Never taking things too seriously, but still not accepting everything we're told, we go through different topics, exploring them in depth, and often disagreeing. We try to stick to provable facts, and we never trust a myth. That's why we say we're woo-free since 2013. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker under Brainstorm. Or check out our website, brainstormblog.net. I can't promise you'll always agree with us, but I can promise you'll have fun listening to us. Okay, welcome back, and we're going to jump into fun with Real Audio, and we're going to make it brief because we have an hour-long interview coming up for you here in a minute. Yes, I said an hour. It's almost yeah. exactly an hour, but it's really fun. You guys will enjoy this one. It's with uh, uh, Deborah Jensen from the Ordained Women, which you're going to hear some great stuff. Anyway, the first clip that we have up for you guys tonight, so we're only going to do two, just warning you guys. Uh, the first one we have is Glenn Beck. Who wants to talk to us about Trump? And Felicia, you're gonna love this one. And uh, not fuck not you, not in a not in a <laughs> fuck you X. You need to go die. This is actually one you'll be like, that's funny as shit. So here we go. It has everything to do with the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't want her. Again, this is, I don't want her. I don't I want do her. Not want her. <laughs> I'm not voting for her. I don't want anyone to vote for her. Why do you want Hillary Clinton? I know, but. I will tell you that I how do you put your name on Donald Trump? You have no idea what he will do. Right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. As an audience, he wins on Tuesday. As an audience, are you okay with him coming after me and and having um and trying such to a fucking victim such a victim breitbart and everything else <laughs> breitbart is kicking the blazes okay ass right now using the irs to to attack me and my business the irs doesn't are work you like okay that. with that because if don't, don't, just, what, don't ask don't ask me that question because i really have a hard time answering say, it he says that he's he can guarantee <laughs> that that's the way it's gonna happen that's Oh my God, do you Glenn Beck! Do you think so high and mighty of yourself? You're not even on his fucking list. No, no not even. Jesus no, you're not Christ. on anybody's list. No, I'm gonna throw Hillary in jail. That's what I'm gonna do. It's like we have Chunk running for president. I swear to Christ, this cute this guy. He just <laughs> won't go away. All right, this last little bit's the best part. That is because 
I know him. I know his history. He is the most vindictive man on the planet. And <laughs> He's right. uh, Steve Bannon has said, anybody who stands against us, I will fight to my last day to destroy okay, them. So you are going to be like the 355th day of 356 days. <laughs> What I what I find just funny, yeah, is that sixty five, whatever. Shit, I'm sorry, I'm it's late. For the most part, you have everybody not giving a shit. I mean, uh, about you know Glenn Beck and all these other people and whoever the guy that he just said, the guy that works for the Trump campaign. You have guys like us where like eh, you're a person that's on a campaign, great for you. But at the same time, he's uh, these guys are grandstanding like they are the fucking like titans about to go into battle with each other. You know? I know he acts like he's so important. It's, it just has me laughing because you have these these old white dudes that are just like using this grandiose language to attack each other. It's like he will fight to his last dying breath. It's like yeah. You're not that important, man. Neither of you guys are. No, you're <laughs> no. not. Nope. You're not. Nope. You're not. But his his you're question is really lower. a hard one to answer. His question is really hard one to answer because yeah, no, I, I probably would be kinda okay with, you know, Trump going after and destroying Glenn Beck and his show. Yeah, uh, okay with and, that. and I <laughs> and I don't really I don't really feel the too much conflict there because I don't see Glenn Beck as a journalist. Yeah, neither do I. He's oh, a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, not he's, even, yeah. He's a talker. <laughs> That's what, yeah. He he's kind of like what we are, but way less actual information. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I don't, I don't, like, we yeah, actually I don't, I don't view us as, yeah, I don't view us as journalists at all. Oh, goodness. No. But, but, no. We but, report. No. but yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we cast dispersions yeah, we and cite, give our own opinion on so. <laughs> we cite our sources. We yeah. do like, cite our sources. Yes. Yeah. X cites our sources. <laughs> I, I do all the show notes. <laughs> anyway, uh, Glenn Beck, we're done with you. Go. I, I find it funny that you have to say her so many goddamn times and play the victim role and not know oh, how yeah. the IRS works after all this time. I'm sure you've run afoul of them before. It, it doesn't take a president <laughs> going, hey, you see that man over there? Go fuck him. It's not going to be like yeah, that. Yeah, that's not even the way. No, no. Okay, now we have a uh, a clip from the Jim Baker show. I knew it was going to be Jim Baker. I I love the Jim Baker show. Jim Baker show. (laughs) So fucking funny. Our president gave away the internet. What? What? The shit? (laughs) What the shit? It's like, it's fucking insane. This is that first line. The stupidest! What the shit? Our president gave away that doesn't even make any goddamn fucking sense. I want to hear that again. That's so delicious. I don't. Our president gave away the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh oh my god, (laughs) the internet is not a thing. You can just. It's not like you put it in a box and be like, "Here, I got this for you. You can have the internet." This is the internet. You just gave away the internet. There's the internet. It's just, you know. Yeah. You know, the internet is a collection. Yeah, plug it and plug it back in and it starts working again. It, the internet is a. Okay. This is the very definition of the internet. The internet is a collection of specifications maintained by the Internet Ex- Engineering Task Force, the IETF, which is an international body open to every country. What a load of ignorant 
shit these right wing evangelical Christian <laughs> shyster douchebags are spewing. This is a comment I got from here. So it says, see here, it gives a link to its sources, you know, like a good liberal does. The plan, the plan, the, the plan to privatize the organization called the ICANN, you know, the Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers, blah, 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 for short, has been mm-hmm. underway since the Clinton administration has had support from every U.S. administration, including the Bush White House. Every, ever since the internet became a thing, every president has supported ICANN. So, yeah. Meh. A few days ago. And listen to this headline today. Internet crashes will be hard to stop after Obama's internet giveaway. You guys want to know the source of that, that headline? What? The Daily Caller. I lost you guys, so I didn't hear it. No, it's okay. The Daily Caller, it says, is the, where that headline came from. <laughs> that's right. Not reputable. But, Not. You know, that's all part of the globalism Wait. agenda. Oh, we're back to globalism oh, agenda. Globalism. Obama is a globalist. Hillary Clinton is a globalist. Mm-hmm. And they want to reduce America to secondary status and make America on the same level. Wait, there's one line you're going to hear, and then I'm stopping them because it's just it's okay. fucking hilarious. Level as another uh, third world country or any yeah. uh, other European country, not realizing what a third world country what? like any other European country. What? What? Does does he not know what a third world country is? Does he not know that? Most well, no. Can Europe be clear. Is, they don't know. They don't, they don't know, know what, what the any of these is, things are that they're talking about. Give it away. We're we're they're no. broadcasting their goddamn show on the internet. Yes. Doesn't look like Obama gave it away there. I mean, f- fuck me. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that the reduction of America does not result in the increase of the other countries. That as America that- goes, so goes the world. And so by yeah. dumbing America down, it does not upgrade the other countries. You know, we have to maintain our status and Amen. accelerate ourselves. Because the higher America goes, the higher the world goes. Right. So, so you're, you're, you're fine with teaching evolution in schools. American then. exceptionalism yeah. is fucking worse. Are you though. fine with teaching em- yeah. evolution? Just- How about climate change? How about climate change, you motherfuckers? They're, no? yeah. they're yeah. going with all yeah. that shit. You guys, you, yeah, you, guys, you guys are the ones who are, who are all about dumbing down America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are the ones who And the world. You're the ones who benefit from the dumbing down of America. You pieces of shit. And then you sit there and like common sense actually matters more than education. We're so smart with our feelings. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> oh. That's a great fucking line. Oh, yeah. fucking hell. That's it for uh sorry, you guys are getting a very much reduced fun with real audio this week. We're gonna go jump into the interview, which we recorded already. No, we didn't. We what are you guys talking about? We don't do that. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. And never, ever manipulate any of this podcast. No, I never record things no. on a segment at all. Anyway, we'll be right back. With, we'll be right back. See you guys in one second. Hey, y'all. This is Tucker from the Atheist in the Trailer Park podcast. And I might live in a beer can, but I ain't no inbred redneck. And if you listen to my podcast, I'm going to learn you something. And no, I ain't talking about how to marry your cousin and not have kids with 16 fingers and stuff like that. I mean, I actually talk about real stuff. Teach people where the Bible stole its stories from. So y'all give me a listen, would you? Thank you. Okay, we're back and it's time for our interview. And this week we have a special guest by the name of Deborah Jensen from Ordain Women. Who is also a professor at a uh, which college, Deborah? I'm sorry, I 
I didn't get all the notes up in front of me. <laughs> That's okay. I'm at Utah State University. Wonderful. So let, let's let everybody uh, get to know you here in a second. But let's see. Uh, welcome to the show. Sorry to have made you sit up through all the extra stuff before we get to the real meat of the show where we interview our guests. Uh, that's just a way for us to lull you into a false sense of security before we go for the jugular. You know, like all those godless atheists do with all those delicious, sweet, plump babies. Anyway, yes. let's let the audience get to okay, know Okay, real you. quick. Disclaimer. Nothing that is said on this podcast is representative of the Utah State University in any way, shape, or form. And the opinions <laughs> are merely that of Deborah herself. There we go. Oh, thank okay. you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. So much. I've been working on trying to get some boilerplate disclaimers out there for everybody. <laughs> So anyway, Deborah, who are you? Let's let the audience hear about who you are. Oh, well, let's see. I am, like you said, a professor at Utah State University. I'm uh, in the journalism and communication department. Ooh. I am a fairly homegrown Utahn from, from around here. <laughs> and I know it's kind of embarrassing. Fairly um, I'm from California, but I've been here long enough and married a native that... Yeah, you've I got say mountain. Then. Yeah, mountain. It, it, yeah, yeah that, it counts. But I don't eat fry sauce, so that should count for right, something. Nope, we're out. I'm done. We no. can't interview her. No, I, I can't do it. It's I don't blame one. you. I don't like fry sauce. It's terrible. No, no, My... yeah, it's it's gross. <laughs> what? It's, <laughs> no, it's freaking it's gross. Like, no, fry sauce is the shit. No, that's what no, makes no, us no, the outcast is that we don't like your damn fry sauce. I love fry sauce. I love fry anyway. Well, yeah. Let's get to the important Sorry. stuff. What kind of condiments do you like on your on your fry? I know that's not of... usually the most controversial <laughs> thing I say. Mine's barbecue <laughs> sauce. I love barbecue sauce. Okay, now we really can't talk anymore. Um, okay, so let's see what else. Oh, you mentioned ordained women. Yes, yes. Um, I'm involved with ordained women. I'm a member of the executive board, and um, until sometime August, October, I can't remember. No, it was before that. Anyway, until a while ago, I was the chair of the executive board for two years, um, but I don't do that anymore. Brenda is in charge of that now. Um, so I'm just a regular, everyday troublemaker. I'm not the head troublemaker anymore. So was there um, was there a quite the big shakeup when uh, when Kate finally got um, when she got out as the leader of Ordain Women, or was it just like every other organization where everything just kind of shuffled? <laughs> It was, I mean, so it probably a little bit of both. Yeah. It was because Kate had been such a visible mm -hmm. person in the organization. Um, it was, it was definitely traumatic for people, like for supporters and people oh, who had yeah. come to kind of is equate her face and her glasses with the organization gotcha. and the movement and the idea. But for um, people who had been involved in the planning and the organization and the structure, I mean, the founding of Ordained Women, which goes back to before I was there, yeah. um, was a project. It was a project of like 30 plus Mormon feminists. And so that structure had always kind of been, had always involved a lot of people. Um, and then on like a personal level for a lot of us who had worked really closely with her for a long time, mm -hmm. it just, it took a lot of, you know, it took a little getting used to and some transition time, but, um, you know, she's feels much freer now to do the things that 
she wants to do personally <laughs> now that she doesn't have to worry about disclaimers at the beginning of any podcast yeah <laughs> well the the interesting thing that you just brought up is the 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 mormon feminist and i'm not saying that they can't exist and of course they, those things are not mutually exclusive but <laughs> it's not a term you you normally hear with the heavily patriarchal church that the the lds church is and so i mean you guys obviously meet a lot of um uh, I wouldn't say opposition, but you know, I'm I'm sure it's like butting your head into the wall a lot of times about this stuff. I mean, <laughs> especially yeah. when you guys were well, not you guys, sorry, when ordained women was trying to get into, I believe it was the um, at general conference they were trying to get into what was it, the the priesthood session or was it the? Mm-hmm. You have to forgive yeah, me. It was I, the priesthood I, session. I'm a, I'm a never mm-hmm. Mormon, so I, I I have trouble with the terms oh. sometimes. So. Goodness, oh, that I mean, I'm, that's so sad for you. I have some friends I can send to your house if you're interested in hearing more about it. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, uh, Kyle will fondly remember the the podcast we used to do, the the podcast formerly known as Utah. No, I'm just kidding. We had a we had a guy that get, sent me his uh his mailing address to send him something, and I I sent the missionaries after him one time. Nice. I mean, I can uh, send you a book with my testimony written inside. Uh, oh, I've got, yeah, I've got yeah, one of those from the mother-in-law. Yeah, I, no, I, I've, I've I love missionaries. I eat them for lunch. Um, <laughs> I am the child of, I, I love to tell people this, I'm the child of a Mormon, a Catholic, and a Buddhist, Ooh. if you count all of my parents and step-parents. So I, I've had my fair share of, uh, would you like to hear from the missionaries questions? <laughs> and. <laughs> So uh, what made what so what convinced you of the LDS church then? Um so I so okay that, I mean it depends on how long you want to go like how far you want to go back but Keep the quick version night. is <laughs> I was raised uh, as a small child my parents were divorced and my mother in the 80s did not find it to be an especially welcoming church for divorced women the Mormon church Shock. I'm, I'm sure shocked. I know I'm shocking, shocking right shocking. <laughs> um I think she she tells this story that like her first Sunday back to church after the divorce, a woman in Relief Society was giving a lesson about how people who families that get divorced or marriages that break up, it's because of the wife. Oh, and my oh. Mom was basically like <laughs> out the door, done. Oh, I didn't ever really want yeah. to go back. See, that's where the Mormon um, feminist thing popped up for me. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait. <laughs> yeah. So um, oh, I've got more questions, but that's where yeah. we're yeah. working. Yeah. So for me, like, personally, I um, didn't go to church until I was 12, and then I wanted to go to camp, and we couldn't afford for me to be a Girl Scout, so I was like, hey, my Mormon friends go to Girl Camp every summer, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed girls' Camp, and I had amazing, my grandparents who were LDS picked me up to go to church after, and my, my leaders from young women's were like hey you they were so i cannot stress enough how amazing my young women's leaders were they were so great these most incredible women um and they were you know they asked me they invited me to read the book of mormon and i did and i still have my journals from that summer <laughs> <laughs> oh girl i have my all my journals from every time seriously like, i i have never this policy of not no, yeah, no, I have, uh, my boyfriend recently did. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of actually adorable. Um, but no, I, I have this policy of you never destroy artwork, and that includes journals and sketches, and, it, like, you don't oh, destroy yeah. art. 
Like that's my policy. That's so. why. I've got oh yeah, I still have all of it. My book of angsty I, but- poetry, I still have. Oh, God, oh, every so boyfriend angsty. I ever wrote about, every girl I ever had a crush on, everybody. Like, oh, yeah, it's all there in vivid blue and purple ink. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But we, Always yeah, a like, blue pen. so Always. I, <laughs> yep, I read it. Well, only I, squares right in black. I actually have yeah. parts of my journal, this is not a joke, written with a quill pen. <gasps> what? <laughs> oh, oh. You are amazing. No, Alicia, do you also a have a cleft girl. asshole? I swear. <laughs> <laughs> a quill pen. Like, I don't even know what to do with that information. Yeah, no, I, my mom gave me a quill pen one year for That's incredible. Yeah, I think no, a, it's lot of- a lot of work, actually. Yeah. First of all, it's really hard to get the hang of writing with a quill pen because, like, you hit, like, a like an imperfection in the paper. It, like, sprays all over the page and uh (laughs) and like it runs out of the ink very quickly like you have to like get real good at cursive so i have excellent handwriting i have a picture in my head i'm dip 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 (laughs) yeah a few (laughs) like i i'm imagining the scene in sense and sensibility when kate winslet writes really angrily (laughs) i don't know why (laughs) Maybe because that's what I always look like. (laughs) All my angry writing was done in either fine point Sharpie or on really big paper with like (laughs) the bigger Sharpies. That was a thing. That was also a thing. (laughs) I never did any. Wow. I was so my journals were not that entertaining. Everything was art. (laughs) My yeah, my journals were not that entertaining. At all. So I anyway, will totally cop to that. Yeah. Journals and young oh, women's sorry. I'm sorry. We got off, tra- so, yeah, off, went, off topic no, there. No, it's fine. I live for tangents. Um, we do too, sadly. So I, I went to girls camp. I read the Book of Mormon. I was like, my, my journals are all like, I don't know about this, but I really like these people. And the thing that sold me was, and this ties back to the Mormon feminism thing, was um, the young woman values. I was greatly intrigued by the idea that I was seen as an individual person and that I was to recognize that I was to be recognized and honored for the individual that I was and that I was supposed to gain knowledge, that I was supposed to be a person of integrity who stood up for what I believed in. Um, I've been a feminist since I a feminist troublemaker since I was just a small child. <laughs> and this was the church that I felt really spoke to that. Like, really like was the home for that part of me and (laughs) imagine my surprise (laughs) later on (laughs) in life but um so yeah i and and i'm always i'm a joiner i like to be a part of a community and so uh, this was you know it's what i found i had the most amazing young women's experience that i jumped in with both feet nobody in my family's lds anymore I had Mormon ads up on my wall. <laughs> okay. I mean, by uh, the time, uh, yeah, I was, I was. You're in welcome. It. You're welcome to stop me here. But <laughs> a great experience and good people influencing you in positive, like acceptance of yourself, does not necessarily make the ideology of what they're teaching true. No. So, what convinced you that the church itself was true? Ideologically, I found the idea. So, I mean, if you're talking about doctrine, um, the I have always been 100% totally in love with the idea of heavenly parents. 
the idea that there are um, that there was a male and a female side to deity. And the ninth article of faith to me says that if I don't like a piece of the doctrine now, and I pray about it, and I'm okay, like, and and my answer is your discomfort with this is okay. That means that I can have the faith that that might change. And there were so many examples. Like this was in the late '80s, early '90s, right? There were examples that of doctrine that had changed recently that people had found problematic. So for yeah. me. But there's still, I was there's still like, lots of doctrine that people still find problematic, and it ends mm-hmm. up getting them excommunicated, like Jeremy Rommel's <laughs> CES letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but if we talk about doctrine changing, I mean, especially with cultural perceptions, it, the, the LDS Church has a pattern of changing its doctrine with the culture itself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, just, just 10 years after the civil rights movement, black people were allowed to have the priesthood again. And we, I mean, we find that the church, that God isn't following cultural perceptions. The church is following cultural perceptions. You would think that if it was an all-knowing, all-seeing being, that he would relate to the prophet to do these good and right things before anyone. Yeah. So right, why? like, wouldn't you think that a prophet would be speaking and guiding people in advance of public pressure? Right, we should be the groundbreaking force. We should be Agreed. leading that path. Yeah, agreed. I yeah, I would I would think that uh, that God should have said, yes, black people are full human beings and not evil, in His third book of the Bible. Yeah, they. So here's the thing. And I will fully cop to uh, to this. Um, like as a twelve, thirteen, fourteen year old girl, yeah, those are some of the things they don't really tell you about when you're reading the Book of Mormon. That. And yeah, that you're not. Uh, and so when I encountered that later, um, I <laughs> a friend of mine. <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. No, because <laughs> I had forgotten this story. <laughs> Yay! A friend of mine. So I have a lobster in my life, right? You know, your lobster from friends, your friend that you're friends with forever. And they're like your person. And this person, she and I met the summer I was, um, or the fall that I, right after I had started going to church and she's very religious and I just absolutely love this woman. But she was, she reminded me just a few weeks ago of a day in seminary when I was a freshman and I walked in and threw a newspaper, apparently, at our seminary teacher. <laughs> All right, I really like you. Got yeah, you like, I, don't, I have no memory of doing this, but she's like, do you remember when you walked in and threw a paper at the seminary teacher because the, the article in the newspaper was about how DNA testing had, like, disproved claims in the Book of Mormon or something? And I was like... Right. Oh, well, like I mean, the- considering... Got it. I mean, we, considering we that, that white skin, yeah, white skin, yeah. white, like, yeah. you're all mm-hmm. white people sitting here. White skin is actually the mutation away from dark skin. The original mm-hmm. skin color was dark. And in the Book of Mormon, it specifically says that, I mean, at least in earlier copies, more updated ones don't necessarily say this, but they do say that the darker skin is because of the more sinful the nature. Right. That it's a punishment. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I had no memory of that, but. Obviously, I mean, I know that these things, they had, 
when I would discover them, they bothered me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, even today, like, and I will say we are, ooh, probably tomorrow or today is the one year anniversary since the last time I went to church. Oh, wow. Um, and would it be have anything know, to do with the, the ruling that they had about the, um, about gay parents? It, yeah, the, 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 the policy the, change. Yeah, because that's been about a year, hasn't it? I remember seeing something yeah. in my newsfeed yeah. about that the other day. Yep. And um, so my the point was, like, Sorry. it's been... No, 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 no. I was trying to remember. That was a trigger for me because I was trying to remember what was my point mm-hmm. in bringing that up. But um, when I've encountered something like that, I've always come back to... You know, there are just moments in my life I can think of very clear moments. I've had these touchstone moments where, um, you know, I mean, to use Mormon parlance, or like the spirit didn't just whisper to me, like the spirit spoke in a very clear voice to me that this was the truth or that this was where I was supposed to be. And um, those kind of moments have always carried me through and carried me through with, you know, like, okay, I am not comfortable with this argu- argument that's being made. Um, I'm just going to, like, I'm going to, but I have these other moments that carry me through, and I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to do what I can to change the culture I'm in, whatever, right? And that's a very, I mean, I think that might be a, an excuse that works if you are a person of privilege in the church. Yeah. Um, if you are a person who can, you know. Affect change, yeah. Say, oh. Yeah, it it doesn't that doesn't affect me directly, or that's something that was so long ago, or that's we, something that I don't see when I look in the mirror, so it doesn't bother me as much. Um, right. Yeah, and you know that's something that I'm 15 and I can <laughs> be stupid and look past it, or I'm someone who's married and married to um, a person of the opposite sex and was married in the temple, so these policy changes don't influence me directly. Um, you know, in the past. Those moments were enough to carry me through, and they just, yeah. So doctrinally, that's how I kind of made that work. You're using a past tense, though. Yeah. So why are you still a part of the ordained? Because you you still have a faith there. That's what I'm Mm -hmm. trying to get at. Okay, what what is it that you do believe, and why? So I have a relationship, I have a faith in probably, I would argue, basic tenets of, you know, like what I found in the gospel when I was a kid. Um, I Are we talking just not, basic Christianity as in, you know, Christ was, uh, was the son of God uh, born mm-hmm. unto man to redeem himself for all of our sins kind of thing? Or are we talking actual tribes of Israel settling in, in the Americas. and <laughs> Oh my gosh, I have. Do you want me to get my patriarchal blessing out and tell you what tribe I'm from? Oh, no, really? Oh. <laughs> because I distinctly remember being disappointed that I was from the boring one that everybody was from. Oh, you were Hufflepuff. Um, oh. I, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know I probably pissed off a couple of listeners there. <laughs> my daughter, my youngest, is a Hufflepuff, and she's like an angry, proud Hufflepuff about it. Like, she would go off right now. 
They're not um, that bad. Well, I'm Slytherin, so probably, I mean, what does that say? <laughs> yeah, oh, I I'm also trying. got Slytherin. Slytherin's fine, you guys. Too much ambition. I have defended Slytherin. No, it's, it's Slytherin's totally cool now. We're yeah, we're yeah. we're cool with Slytherin now. Yeah, it only took Especially killing a bunch of professors. Child. Come on. I mean, it's fine. It's fine. Fine. <laughs> um, um. So I, that's a hard one. I haven't been able to decide. I don't have a. But being in I academia, I would think you would have more of a. I'm not. I'm not to speak on what you believe or what anything like yeah. that. But you know, when you have an academic background, I mean, I have a problem with a lot of people that I I work with that got their master's degrees at BYU and stuff, and and I talk to them and I'm, I'm like, really? You like wooden submarine, <laughs> like fresh yeah. water on the ocean? You, <laughs> Everything's fine. Leahona, like, dude, yeah. please come <laughs> on. Please tell me. Well, I'm Make sorry. I'm going to jump right to. I'm going to jump right to the modesty standards uh, for females. Like, uh, like the yeah. female, like females are responsible for male sexuality while completely denying female sexuality. Yeah. Like, yeah. women yeah. don't. What's the like, problem with that? Porn shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> That's sorry, my problem. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I like that. Is my problem with that? <laughs> um. Yeah, I, so I've always I've said and I I maintain that if you took me to any Mormon church building on a first Sunday of the month that I could still get up and honestly testify in a way that would just, you know, every most people in the room would recognize me as one of their own, right? I feel very comfortable saying I I still believe that there is that there are deities that there is I I still I'm comfortable saying prayers to heavenly parents. Um, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable with that belief, right? I understand that it's a belief that's not borne out in anything scientific. I understand that it's a personal belief. I don't believe that anybody else should have to share it. Um, That was going to be my next question. What about the the local legislature? (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay, so yeah, that also gets us back to me being like a little troublemaker (laughs) since I was a very small child. And politically, I've never fit in in Utah or in Mormonism at all. I felt like I did, but everybody else had it wrong. Um, But yeah, I just... um, And uh, I don't... I don't have any problem believing that my parents who are not LDS are going to go to a really nice place after they die and that I will see them too. I don't believe that paperwork will determine what my eternal outlook is. I don't think that the fact that I don't wear garments anymore will should determine where, you know, I spend. But those are pe- those. Yeah. So you're not. You're not a part of this religion anymore. I'm sorry, but those are foundational parts of this religion. So, and I would argue that they're not foundational. I would argue that they are um, cultural and structural that have been built that have been built up around the foundation. And my response to that is, I pick and choose which parts of that structure and that organization I'm going to participate in. She's cafeteria, but the L- absolutely <laughs> LDS. But the LDS Church itself says that the highest order that a woman can achieve is motherhood. That, and that's why women don't need the priesthood is because men can't give birth. So it's like a consolation prize, which is bullshit. <laughs> right? Because how many women do you know who can't give birth? Lots. Yeah, plenty. And well, no what, about women, what about women like me who have 
I mean, and and I'm still undecided, but thus far, I mean, I'm 27. I have forsaken you, vagina. Oh, not vagina. I I have not to have kids. I have hardware installed. I talk about this openly and often. Like, I'm like, this is shut down. Because we're trying to normalize it between, uh, we have to have this dialogue in the state where, like, look, guys, it's normal. (laughs) Yeah. It's not something to be ashamed of. Yeah. Me controlling my reproductive cycle and enjoying sex. Mm-hmm. And outside of marriage. <gasps> oh, I'm a oh, If I had pearls, Never, I'd be clutching at them. Oh, d- listen, you're not going to, no, no, you're not going to bother me at all. <laughs> no, I know. I, I can tell from this conversation that these are not concepts that offend you. That I, like, you're not offended by other people expressing ideas and, and being who they are. Like, I get that. And, and personally, I think you and I would get along very well. Uh, <laughs> I genuinely like you, but where I where I question is how can you still call yourself a part of this faith that so, is built into it a misogyny a a, a a a not necessarily a misogyny I guess that's not terrible oh, yeah, no ter- stick with that word honey it's yeah but, that. But this this idea, and from the foundational of Joseph Smith, where there were specific roles of males and females, how can you stick with this faith when your own personal feelings have led you against this mm-hmm. from its foundation? Mm-hmm. And there are other Christian communities out there that would welcome you in. Oh and, man! And, and then we can then you and I can talk about why why your God, and we can we can go into yeah. the theological <laughs> things. Yeah, but those but other I, Christians, I, they're crazy. So I guess my first response would be, um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a hard, that's a lot to unpack. I will say this. It's a lot to unpack. I have not said anything here that I did not say publicly as a first counselor in the Relief Society presidency or as a gospel doctrine teacher, and it never got me in trouble. I'm shocked, actually, by that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not kidding. Wow. I'm not kidding. I, I, and I went to the same ward. I have, I have lived <laughs> again. I live in the same house that I bought almost 19 years ago. I went to the same ward until they split the stake and yeah. they changed my ward. But so two different wards with mostly the same people who've known me. And I live a block and a half, two, three, three blocks away from the house that I lived in most of my childhood. Mm. And so these, I so go to church with people the neighbors, all the, yeah. who've known me since I was 10. Um, and I used to say things in my gospel doctrine lessons, in my Relief Society lessons. Um, <laughs> I said balls to the wall once while conducting Relief Society. And <laughs> like, I, I, and I am not saying anything now. Like, I was always very vocal about the fact that I did not believe that temple marriage was the thing that made, that got you into heaven. Because how could I believe that and look at my parents? Right? How could yeah. I believe that? I believed that temple marriage was the right choice for me. And that it was the way that my husband and I fully lived our specific faith. And that was good for us. But I did not believe that it was expected. And do you know what? Nobody in my ward now, I can't say that nobody ever complained. But nothing ever came back to me. And I kept getting new callings. And I was their adorable feminist. And they thought everything was fine. 
the moment I encountered my first institutional pushback and my first openly a woman in my ward telling me that I didn't belong there. Does anybody want to guess when it was? When you wore pants. Yep. <laughs> Boom! Oh, my. Wow. oh shit! Feminist we, uh, Sunday I wore pants was the first time a woman in my ward told me to my face that I didn't belong there. Yep. And the week after was the first time my bishop called me in because there had been a complaint. Mm-hmm. And I had been the wow. pants thing is very symbolic. No, it's it's a it's That's... a big deal. Like and when, then, culturally, if we look at historically when women started wearing pants, it was a big deal. Yep. It was a big deal. I, well, that's why there's a saying, yeah, who wears the pants that. in that family? You know, that's why yeah, it yeah, exists. That's, so. You know, it's something historically I just don't understand. Because you, you'd think it would be the complete opposite. I mean, just no. from an anatomical perspective. I want to dress. You, you would think. <laughs> well, actually, dresses the and other skirts way. are easy. No, no, no. Sorry. Dresses and skirts are easier for everyone. Uh, I mean, if we oh, go yeah. way, way back to where there were not like toilets, but there were just holes in the ground. Skirts. Oh, yeah worked yeah. for everyone right <laughs> like uh and that's i mean that's why we historically everyone wore skirts but uh, as we started getting indoor plumbing uh skirts are still much easier for women sorry <laughs> they are yeah and, and yeah, the- but but the thing is um i mean as things became more and more convenient and women were uh allowed or not even allowed but they were they they became more and more active in their lifestyles. Pants became more obvious because they were not restricted by the heavy skirts. Uh, the, the, the this symbolic- moment of blueberries brought, brought to you by Felicia and Whistle. <laughs> <laughs> skirts are a big deal. Skirts for women are a big deal because it was a symbol of our place in society. Yeah. Yeah, and I have, quant- if you would like, uh, you know, as a researcher, let me quantify this for you. <laughs> after I became a public face of ordained women after I became, after I submitted my profile and publicly acknowledged that I believed, you know, in a lesson, someone asked the question, who here would like to have the priesthood, and I raised my hand, how dare I? Um, how dare you? I got a... Uh, Wearing pants? Now you want the priesthood? Yeah. I got called in to my bishop's office. Um, no, no, no. My bishop said something very terrible about me in front of a fifth Sunday combined meeting. Oh. So all the adults in the ward. And I went to my stake president and was like, this is unacceptable. And my stake president and I, here's the quantifiable part. We spent, I was in his office for 90 minutes. Jeez. We That's spent, <laughs> yeah, we spent um, 15 of it talking about ordained women. 75 of those minutes, and I kept track because it was so ridiculous, were spent talking about the fact that I didn't wear a skirt to church. That's ridiculous. He, it was, he <laughs> asked no, but me, he wanted me to read out, um, he, want, he gave me a copy of For the Strength of Youth, slid it across his desk and said, why don't you read this section? And I said, I am not a youth. <laughs> so this book is not for me. And I am also not a child. I do not need to read out loud to you to demonstrate my ability to comprehend the written word. <laughs> um, and it, it, but it, we spent over an hour because he just could not get past the idea that I didn't wear a dress it's a sim- to church. It's a symbol of our, of, of our roles and our abilities. 
It is. And it, it really is. And it was very hard for me to, ex- I mean, it was, very, I still don't think he believes me, but I kept saying, you know, first of all, I don't think churches where I'm supposed to show off my finest dresses. I don't wear my wedding dress to church. It's still in a box. I don't wear anything like that to church. But I said, if we're going to talk about wearing your best to church, the best thing that I have is, you know, like really nice slacks. And it just, it, he could not, poof, it was. No, but you, but you see. Mm-hmm. You see, you're, you are putting yourself on the same level as men. And that's the thing, is that the LDS Church likes to pride itself on so much of putting women on this pedestal, right? And I have argued they many times like a that, <laughs> yeah, like this, that, that putting uh, people on a pedestal is also a way of dehumanizing and taking away their power and establishing their roles. Uh, we can make this analogous to Native Americans in the Americas in our current culture, right? They're magic. Mm-hmm. They are like more special, more close to the earth, and that's why they need their reservations where they're close to the earth. Like, uh, so that <laughs> and that's the point is that yeah. the LDS Church has this history of saying women are more special and more beautiful and more perfect, and that's why they fulfill these roles. And when you don't do that and you put yourself on the same level as men, you're challenging their authority just by the dress that you wear, like. Just and obviously, I mean, dress not in like the <laughs> type of clothes. gotcha. I mean, yeah, but uh, I'm, pants I'm, are a big I'm, deal. Yeah, I'm. Re- I'm remembering. Uh, I'm remembering the the first time I got it really got in trouble at church. Uh, this was the first time they asked me to leave. It was nineteen. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. It, it was nineteen eighty eight, and I got in trouble for wearing. Acid wash jeans <laughs> and a and an and an awesome purple shirt. <gasps> it was a button down shirt, but yeah, no. First of all, no, I'm wearing acid yeah. wash jeans right now. So acid wash <laughs> jeans you. and a purple shirt and be like, yeah. Were you wearing Hell also yeah. your bike messenger hat? You know the one with the bill that's straight up. You know, and then it's, it's like a skull cap, <laughs> but it has a bill that's like round and goes across your forehead. You, Never mind. No, but I always wanted one of those and never got one. I, I saved up I'm like little... seven hundred Kool Aid points to get that one. <laughs> oh no! Oh yeah, I've been there. Oh yeah. My son wore a purple shirt to church um, for months. He wore a purple shirt to church, and eventually, the bishop told him that he wasn't. He'd been pulled aside so many times about like <laughs> you need to wear a white shirt, and I finally went to the bishop and said. Stop talking to my son about what he wears to church. Okay, he's fine. And this was after things had started going south at the ward. (laughs) (laughs) And the bishop said, I said, there are other boys who are not wearing white. Are you talking to them? And he said, no, Hmm. but I know what purple means with you. And I was like, actually, I don't. I looked at him and I said, what do you think it means? Was he going like tinky winky with you there? Where it's like all of a sudden gay teletubby thing? or do you? I think he meant, I think he thought that it was a shirt that was, um, and this was where the conversation got really funny, because he thought that it was a shirt that Jake wore in support of Wear Pants to Church and um, Ordained Women, because it's like uh, the unofficial color, right? Oh, okay. So yeah, and I well, started sorry. laughing, and I said, ha ha, joke's on you, he bought that shirt to wear to Pride. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was, um, yeah. So, anyway... <laughs> Um, so so yeah. this all comes. This all cycles back to why stay? Why not just leave? 
Well, I mean, what do you want? Because it's like, deeply personal. <laughs> yeah. Well, well and the, one of the answers is um, because I don't know how to leave. Right. I mean, I do. Technically, I mean, I've got like I know how to write the letter and stuff. I was gonna say but, we got a lawyer in um, Salt Lake that loves to get. Yeah, those letters I know. And, so. <laughs> and I get invited. I get invited to that. Uh, to the, the mass resignation. To, yeah. To those every every six months, I don't want to leave. Would be the the first one because I believe firmly, first of all, that everyone is a cafeteria Mormon. If they weren't, we'd all be translated City of Enoch. Well, right. So <laughs> literally, everybody who believes is cafeteria, but. So that, Isn't that, that speaking to the flaws. Yeah, so that label doesn't bother me. I believe that if at the at its most basic level, the idea of the the gospel on this earth, people have a responsibility to try to make it better. And that's like that's something that we spoke about in pioneer times. Um and so for me Why isn't God, why isn't God telling the prophet that? That's no, so that's right, that's what I'm saying. Like so for me institutionally the the church that exists and is operated out of south temple and the church office building and the church administration building um structurally i i am not i don't participate in and i spoke to my bishop about it a, a year ago um but i won't allow that group of people and what i see as their moral failings to determine whether or not i get to claim a relationship to god in the way i want to and for I me can, the I way i want to do that, that is to say i am i am a mormon and i am you know so like for so, personally it's my way of saying no 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 i stake my claim here and i will use this title the way i want to so I will be a Mormon who believes in social justice and equality and who fights for that and who finds guidance and justification for those beliefs in my Mormon. So then why believe in your God over all the other gods that have been proposed? Oh, because I think they're all, um, so like now we get into like where my grandparents are Catholic and oh my gosh, <laughs> they're the cutest. You guys, when I was there a year ago. <laughs> In December, my grandparents, so they're from California, they're in California, and my grandpa said, that thing your church did was in our newspaper. What were they doing? <laughs> grandpa, I don't know. I can't help you there. Um, I find so much beauty in Catholicism. One of my best friends is Jewish, and I went to a bar mitzvah for her son a months ago, and... That it was absolutely lovely, and my dad teaches Buddhism and was the assistant minister in the Buddhist temple here in Ogden for years. Um, and I love that. There's a lot of power there. It's for me. This is the place that speaks for me, and it's probably the place. I don't claim that this god is better or different. I think they're probably all the same. And so you think they're all the same deity? Yeah, I don't have, I don't claim, I, I mean, I'm more than, I'm more than okay with the idea that there are multiple deities. I'm, I'm actually cool with the Simpsons version of, like, heaven, and that everybody gets their own heaven. And the idea, what's the one where they're like, don't tell the Mormons, they think they're the only, only ones up here? <laughs> right? oh. um, I'm, I'm cool with that, too. I don't, I don't claim to have any... 
knowledge or <laughs> any um, stranglehold on truth. Um, so yeah. you're scared of death. Huh? So you're scared no, of death. No, I'm not scared of death. No, I'm also okay with the idea that death is just a really long nap. I'm cool with that too because but what if this one. What if it's nothing? Yeah, no, that's what I mean. What if death what, is what just, if, just she, go she to sleep she's and cool. I'm done? She's cool if it's just a non-existence. Yeah. I'm fine. Oh, okay. So okay. that's what you mean by really long nap because yes. when yeah. I nap, I dream. Oh, no, no, no. I don't dream when I nap. Do people dream oh, when they nap? Oh, God, I dream every time. Mm. Oh, no, only, I don't dream when only, I nap. Yeah, I, I, only dream, I only dream when I nap at work. Which is really weird. And it's usually not work. I mean, I guess I probably do dream when I nap and I just don't remember it then. I would just learn something new about myself. Yeah, I have a. No, I don't dream when I nap. Um, And I'm actually intrigued with the idea of, and it's a very Buddhist idea, but I also, it's um, uh, something that I loved in a book called Fingerprints of God, which was the NPR religion reporter, went chasing evidence of like God or spiritual spirituality or whatever and um this idea that there is no afterlife for me as an entity as a person that i experience but that my afterlife is what i leave behind and that i leave my mark that way i'm cool with that too i'm fine with that so then why go to this church i don't go to church that has the <laughs> I, I understand but why but why assign yourself label which you don't align with at all because I like, do all. align with it. No, because but you, but you don't. Because I because <laughs> the way I see it, I do. But what about horses in Americas before Columbus? <laughs> That's back to doctrine. Like, <laughs> like when we talk about doctrine, when we talk about what you believe, and 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 it doesn't oh, yeah. sound like you actually have any hard beliefs. It's more like you have a feeling. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, and and we can replicate these feelings by sticking like poking your brain with certain electrodes. Yeah. Like, yeah, we can. That's why we're. You probably that's, couldn't that's probably because why right now my brain and my central nervous system are <laughs> in revolt. If you if you poked the place where it was supposed to make me feel good spiritually, it would probably make me wet myself. But um, <laughs> but, but no, I've I've Pelvic had these remarkable. <laughs> I've had these remarkable what one could call spiritual experiences. Uh, good orgasm. Tron legacy. Uh, and I and I've I've said these on the show multiple times. A good orgasm, viewing Van Gogh's self-portrait in person, and scuba diving. These experiences are just they were so emotionally significant mm-hmm. to me and they matter to me. But I don't have to align myself with anyone else's experience with this, especially when Joseph Smith was a known con man. Oh, yeah. So why? <laughs> why stick with this? Why? Because, because it's, it's not just a religion to her, I believe. And I'm not trying to speak for you, but I, I would think it'd be more of it's a culture than... Yeah, except that I'm not really welcome in the culture anymore. Well, not the mainstream, I would say, but you'd still... <laughs> you don't... So for me, and I would say this, because A, I have had a good orgasm, so I'm not going to fight you on that one. Just but the one? Just the one. I've had one more than one, but like, just because you <laughs> said like one good orgasm, right? I can count them on. No, I, I'm doing all right. Um, no, I would say that like, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Like, that's a good spiritual experience. Um, I've right? seen Van Gogh's self-portrait and it didn't move me because that's not, it didn't, it, it was cool. And I was like, hey, look, remember this from Doctor Who? 
but it no, no, didn't no. move me in that way. <laughs> and I can remember, like I told you, I my journals were hurt. Right. So, but, like my my response is that when I have had those spiritual moments, they include moments that have been Mormon centric. That have been in yeah, what most been. people would describe as a Mormon prayer moment. Right. And but, but so that me, speaks to me. Right. Of course and I like have. it. I Yes, you do. You would. You would like it. Like we, we can establish <laughs> scientifically. Um, what I'm saying is my, my spiritual experiences would not necessarily be anyone else's spiritual. <laughs> I'm using this air quotes, right? Like yeah. spiritual experiences. Because like I don't assign any supernatural metaphysical grander scheme to it other than that they meant a lot to me so i'm just gonna keep believing that they meant a lot to me uh just to me just just me just me um so when we talk about you having these wonderful experiences and these these women who influenced you in such a beautiful way and helped you find an identity for yourself we are putting them in a context of mormonism we can also extract that from the Mormon concept and say that these are women who had a powerful experience on you. Mm-hmm. We, we can take that Mormonism away and we can take the supernatural away and say that you had these wonderful, beautiful, emotionally significant, significant experiences where you uh, found a part of yourself, where you, 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 you realized a part of yourself. And that's a wonderful part of human growth. And as a, your identity as a woman, which we know is fraught with difficulties right now. It so is. Like, oh, it's so hard. And it's going right to get harder now. on Tuesday. <laughs> Shut oh up. I, no. I, was, I was ignoring that. I was having an existential argument and you brought me back. <laughs> Shit. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so anyway, so we're, I, we're, a, we are coming up on time. A, so let's the cow. Yeah, but I, I do have, have I do have one, one I do have one question for you. <laughs> I yes. know. I've just been sitting back and listening. It's been interesting. No, I do have one question. Mm-hmm. Kyle, honey, you're so on every, the show. Every, <laughs> Oh god damn it. So every time uh, every time your picture shows up in the paper, I, I'm I'm starting to wonder that I'm starting to wonder this. Do are you afraid uh, at all of your uh of, of getting called into one of those meetings where they oh, the hand you they call you in and they yeah. Like like what happened to like what happened to Kate, and you eventually get excommunicated. Um, not that that is definitely going to happen, but is that a fear for you, or is that would that even change anything for you, really? Uh, no, it's uh, to the first question. No, the and probably to the second. Now that I think about it, it's not a fear for me. Um, mm-hmm. Because A, like I said, I've been saying all of these things for so long that my mother has asked multiple times and has expressed multiple times disbelief, incredulity, that I haven't been called in before. I'm I'm honestly shocked myself. (laughs) My mom thought that I would have been in trouble decades ago. (laughs) And I'm not, that is not an exaggeration. My mom thought that, um, that the fact that I was active in, I volunteer. She didn't think they would let me get married in the temple. 
because I did not believe that the Mormon church held the only truth. I did, and I wouldn't testify to that. Say, isn't that one of the questions they ask you to get your recommend? No. No, okay. No. And I was always very clear about that. I've also always been a registered Democrat. She was convinced that that was going to get me in trouble. <laughs> um, I actually do know that's not a requirement. No. no. The, um, the Catholic Church came out today and said something about that, though. Yeah. But so, oh. um, but specifically for ordained women, um, so again, like not to take up like with story time, but so the ordained women website went live and that day somebody sent me a Facebook message that, and it said like, have you seen this with like six exclamation points and question marks? <laughs> and um, because they knew it was right up my alley, right? They knew that this was my thing. And um, I looked at it and I read every profile. I think there were 24 profiles. I read every word of every one of them because I was like, this is the thing I've been waiting for since I started going to church and got really irritated when they told me I wasn't going to be able to pass the sacrament. Um, like, this is it, this is it. But are these people crazy anti-Mormon people that are going to get me in trouble? And I read it, and I didn't think they were. And um, my husband came home the next day, and I said, or that night, and I said, I, like, this thing, I found this thing. And <clears throat> I feel like I prayed about it, and I feel like I'm supposed to be a part of this. And I want to submit my own profile. And I said, and I think it might get me in trouble, but I feel like I have to do it. And he said, then do what you have to do. So that was... That's a good husband. <laughs> the day, he is the best. Like <laughs> someone openly speculated on Twitter <laughs> about a month ago, how they can't believe that he hasn't divorced me yet. And believe me, <laughs> I've wondered the same thing um, long before ordained women came along. Um, he's just the greatest. Anyway, um, yeah. Oh, I, bull. Bull, bull. Shit, Oh, no, no. Girl. He's an amazing no, no. guy. Yeah, the how he hasn't divorced you yet. He's oh, no, no. lucky to have you. All right? <laughs> I have what I You're lucky to know. have each other. You're lucky to have each other. It's like let, let me tell awesome you, you don't know how thing. true that is. We're we're in what I like to lovingly refer to as a suicide pact, in that whoever leaves has to take the children. So neither one of us is divorcing the other one. <laughs> That's the deal. Like I've told him for a long time, you want to go, fine, you go wherever you want to go, but you're taking those kids with you. I get the dogs. Um, <laughs> they're easy. Yeah, so they're easier plied. <laughs> they, they snuggle with me, and I don't really like touching other people. And you can um, put them in kennels. And <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, in fact, the two dogs are sitting on the bed right now. Um, so, no, like, from that was the day after Ordained Women launched, and I went into this fully prepared for any sort of consequence like that. And yeah. I don't have any problem with it. I went in and um, uh, the, uh, they emailed me and said, your profile is going to go up this day. And I went into my bishop's office and read it out loud to him. You know, I like, I don't, none of that has ever scared me. And I think you're just, Oh, Sub good. supremely lucky that they haven't <laughs> tried to call you in yet. Do you know, I, I will tell you this story. This is a funny story. So okay. I got, I had the one bishop who, we were always very close and then um, <laughs> ordained women came along and pants and we were no longer close, shockingly. Um, 
Well, he got released, and I got a new bishop. It was a very nice young man. And he, um, I went in to see him right after he got called, and I said, look, I've been really trying to make this work, and I want to be active, but you need to know all of these things that I do and that I'm involved with, with ordained women. And he said, when I got called, you were one of the first things I thought of, and he just kind of looked at me for a second. He goes, I really don't want to be on the news. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, well, I can help you with that. <laughs> Hello, communications. Hello. <laughs> you don't have, if you don't do anything to earn being on the news, you won't be on the news. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, like, that's funny. <laughs> would it change anything? I, it would devastate my husband's parents. Um, yeah. I think. I stopped worrying about what happened to people tertiary from me and my friends, me and my wife, you know, it's like, we're going to do our own thing. And if everybody else gets offended by it, too bad for them because we're charming as fuck, you know? And that's like, but I will say my in-laws, my parents, his parents have never said a word to me about it. Wow. But like, I've never, and I don't think it's because I'm charming enough that people don't care. I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm sure they've said things to him. Um, but <laughs> I get that all the time. Yeah. Your atheist husband said some mean stuff about Jesus this week. <laughs> yeah. We, He's um, friends with a Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think probably it doesn't hurt that I still, that I'm able to, I guess, compartmentalize and say, look, I'm doing this thing organizationally, but I'm still a nice person in yeah. other ways. I don't know. Gotcha. Um. So, but what I don't, I it wouldn't change a whole lot for me. I do live in fear that one of my kids is going to become active again, and they're going to do to me what I did to my parents. Uh, uh-huh. And an excommunication <laughs> wouldn't make that permanent because I got married in the Salt Lake Temple, and my family, I, I, my grandma was with me, and that was it. No one else was there. I left my parents outside, and uh, it's yeah. something that I. To this day, it's been twenty years, and I—I'm sorry, guys. Like, yeah, it made no. My mom made my dress. Oh, <laughs> like I'm gonna throw up just thinking about it. My mom made my wedding dress with her own two wonderful, glorious, talented hands, and sewed beads on by hand. And I left her outside, and it was, um, oh God, I'm not oh, gonna say God. Was, I'm not gonna say it was the wrong thing to do god i would i i'm sorry i respect (laughs) you but i I am gonna say it it felt right at the time it feels very wrong now and it actually felt wrong almost immediately um because i as we were walking out as we were finishing um they said uh somebody came in and said your mom is waiting for you she's right out she's right at the top of the stairs and i dropped keith's hand and hiked my dress up like Going <laughs> probably for a run. <laughs> higher than it should have and i ran up those stairs like two at a time and was sobbing by the time i got out the door oh so like i'm like the cautionary tale like i try to tell people look <laughs> you don't have to do it this way i know the, and that's one of those moments where i do feel like i bought into the culture and did what i was supposed to do and that's when i send people videos from new name noah and <laughs> show them. Oh my it. gosh! The day that somebody, the day that I made that discovery on my own, I was like, 
oh, are you kidding? We <laughs> 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 just needed this one thing to work out and be like magical. Ah. Like, anyway. That's what we do in there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I have to watch what now? A movie. Uh. So yeah. why are you a part of this religion? To change we'll it from the inside. <laughs> there, oh, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we we'll need to, we we have reached time. I'm going to do the lightning round real quick. We're going to get we're going to get okay. through this. Deborah, it's been an absolute okay. fucking charm having you on the show. We're going to have to have you back in the future. Yes, I like you a lot and I respect you deeply. I hope you know that. Okay, so as succinctly Ditto. as you can answer you. as succinctly as you can answer the questions here for the lightning round, what keeps you in state? What keeps me in the state? Yeah, that was a t- uh, top 10 we did last week, yes, you yes. know. The top 10 reason why if you're an atheist, why the hell do you still live in Utah? And seem well, to be a lot of people are my, like, well, my family's here, my my job's here, or the the other one's like, no, you move. <laughs> if you don't <laughs> like me, you yeah, move. <laughs> so probably yes to all of those. My job is here. My spouse. I married someone who doesn't want to leave this zip code, let alone. I I feel you there. <laughs> and um, I'm a jet setter. Yeah, my but- wife's very firmly rooted to the ground here in the state. Yeah, like it sounds like you and I would make a perfect couple cuz I'm yeah. all about like let's move all the places. But let's then go to again, Washington. <laughs> yeah, but then again I've lived in the same house for 18 years oh, so yeah. clearly I'm too lazy to pack. <laughs> okay, so how about what's the favorite thing to do in Utah? Mm. Mm, I love to so growing up it was skiing. But I also married a native who can't ski. What the hell is that all about? So I like to <laughs> ride my bike, kayak, swim, anything like that. I like to be outside. Okay, here's the other one. Do you follow the word of wisdom? No. Oh, oh God. so, so th- this, this next question will be really great here. What's your favorite booze or beer? <laughs> oh, no, let me be clear. I don't follow the word of wisdom because I do most things not in moderation. Ah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm... Uh, <laughs> I, I like fruity beverages. Oh, okay, got it. Okay. When do, do you drink? Do you drink hot beverages? <laughs> no, I hate hot beverages. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and I like Pepsi. I drink, but I drink a lot of Pepsi too. So depending Swire on owns, what campus Swire you're owns on, Coke. You can't drink that. <laughs> drink Pepsi. I always have. I used to take Pepsi to girls' camp. Oh, I'm sure. I you used got... to take Pepsi. I used to take Pepsi and put it in the in the fridge in the ward in the building kitchen. <laughs> when I was going to be there working at a funeral. <laughs> Why wouldn't they want me? I mean, <laughs> okay. How about how about this one? the The most tooth grinding thing that people of faith do that you've noticed. Oh, that might be a little I bit hard to answer. But. So many. <laughs> What's just one that, that like, drives you up the wall where you're like, oh God, you really? Why did you go to that one? <laughs> Um, okay, so right now, this is very specific to um, when women won't call on someone to give a prayer in their own house when they have their husband do it. Uh. <laughs> it, it just drives me crazy. Just say a prayer. Sorry. Women can't exactly. give blessing. Yeah, but this is a thing where, like, because the father and the husband presides, because he has the priesthood, he presides in the house and in the family. So women won't call on or choose the person who's going to give the prayer at like dinner or whatever. So they have the husband even do that. It's one of those where we've gone the extra mile and just removed ourselves from even the appearance of having any sort of, I like it drives me. Yeah. Yeah, It makes me insane. 
I always thought that was really weird. I always just, I always just keep my head straight up and look for the other atheists in the room. I'm like, ah, <laughs> you. <laughs> my parents, my parents, when we wouldn't go to church, let me have church in our fucking living room. So yay! <laughs> like I Catholic, I was raised Catholic. Which the Pope recently came out and said women will never be priests. Yeah, which I did not accept as a child. Uh, so I ran mass in my house. So yeah, I love it. Like, oh, can I also give you an ex- something that I used to do that yeah, would make me crazy now in someone else? Okay, because there's a lot of those too. Um, <laughs> but probably the thing that I used to do that at this very moment the thought of it is making me cringe um, would be. Oh man, this is so hard. Now I had like so many, and now I can't think of it. All right, I'm just gonna go with um going to church on vacations. Oh, oh man, <laughs> uh, uh, because we used to uh. do that. <laughs> Are we gonna be there on Sunday? Yeah, we're gonna be there on Sunday. Oh, well, I guess we have to find the uh. local ward, uh, and then you have to do all the uh. awkward conversations. Oh, welcome, brother. And sister. Well, uh, yep, and uh. my poor sweet husband. I used to drag him to like random church buildings and he would be like we're on vacation and i'm all but we're going to church heavenly father knows (laughs) (laughs) well deborah it's been an absolute wonder having you on the show we'll have like i said we'll have to have you back it's been a pleasure oh yeah unfortunately we do talk to you all we do have to get to our rants so we'll be right back after this little bit of a commercial break you have kyle you have x you have felicia this is the utah cast we'll see you guys in a second Looking for something new and exciting, or maybe just a change from the old Atheist Show format? Cellar Door Skeptics Podcast provides listeners with hours of enjoyment each week on Spreaker and iTunes. Check us out as we talk politics, religion, science, reviews of books and music, along with the occasional interview just for a twist. Join Christopher Tanner and Chris Hanna every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern as they bring fresh content to you. Walk with us through the cellar door as we help you prepare for the revolution. You can find us on Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and even on Facebook. And now it's time for rants. Yeah, I have another rant for you guys this week. So let me get this out in the open as quickly as I can because I'm all of my panel is fucking fading fast. But it's a Grr. Friday, and these it's one in the goddamn yeah. these guys have to fucking work tomorrow, and I feel yes, bad for yes. that because usually Friday nights we get lit as fuck. And <laughs> yeah, normally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, okay, let me get this out in the open as quickly as I can. Everyone here knows that I'm a parent. Hell, most of us are. Even Felicia is getting her feet wet with the parenting thing lately. Uh, Weird. It is. Uh, so, this tumultuous time in America right now, a few days before the general election, has been straining on all of our relationships, all of our families, all of our coworkers, and just about everybody else. It is precisely this dynamic between parent and child that has got me so fucking worried. I mean... How am I to respond when I find out that people in my family who I love to death and rely on to help raise my children by setting good examples are ardent Trump supporters? To the point where when they bring up Clinton, they call her a trash person and other attacks that have no merit in reality. We've talked about this all fucking episode. I don't understand how someone can talk to kids and be so callous with misinformation, i.e. religion. So, personally... When my kids have asked me who I am voting for, I tell them and then move on with the discussion as to why I'm voting for a candidate, not against a candidate. The family I'm talking about absolutely refuses to vote for someone because of their ill-conceived notions of the candidate that were brought forth by extreme 
right-leaning pundits like Alex Jones, Sean Hannity, and those of their ilk, who you usually find only on the AM band. Yes, children, before internet radio, you had two different types of modulation <laughs> for radio. You had AM and FM. So one stands for amplitude and the other one stands for frequency. Go get a science book, fuckers. So anyway, uh, if people did any, and I mean even the most simple searches on policy and positions for all of the candidates, they would have to come to the same conclusion that the one with the most clout and most well-mannered approach to the governance is Hillary Clinton. Was she my first choice? No. But I'm not going to have buyer's remorse because I didn't make these decisions based on emotion. I made my choices based on facts. That's what the problem is, in my opinion, with a lot of people in this world. It's exactly like religion. There are too many people making irreparable damage to family relationships, co-workers, based on emotional choices. It was really, and I mean really fucking hard, explaining to my eight-year-old why I wasn't voting Trump. But I don't pull punches when talking to my kids. If they ask about death, they get the truth. If they ask about God and religion, I give them my truth. If they ask about Donald Trump, I will, and I did, bring up racism, sexism, xenophobia, bullying, and sexual assault. The hard part is trying to figure out a way to tell a little girl that this man running for the highest office in the United States grabs women by the pussy. But I did. And that makes her well-informed and makes me a good dad. Fuck you if you think otherwise. End rant. Nope, I agree. Thank totally you. Agree. Thank you. No, no. I've, I, I've taken the same approach. I am. Um, so goddamn tired the, of the, the election. The child so. that I. <laughs> so tired. So goddamn tired. The child tired. that I. The child I've been interacting with for the most part. Um, he doesn't get it. He's four. Right? Like. Yeah. You don't even know who these people are. Uh, but. He, he wanted to tickle me, like just my stomach, like nothing untoward. Yep. And uh, he wanted to tickle me. And, he, and, and I just drank coffee. It was the other morning. <laughs> and he like, kept like, basically it was just like poking me in the stomach over and over. And at first it was cute. And then I was like, all right, dude, you got to stop. Because I just drank coffee. <laughs> and I got like he kept, so he kept trying to do it. And I go, I told you to stop. And he went, yeah. And I went. So you stop. When somebody tells you you need to stop, you stop. Exactly. Like that that is how you have a conversation about consent with children. Like yep. I told you no, the answer is no. And on top of that, good luck with that impulse control on a four year old. <laughs> right. Oh no, it's gonna take several it's gonna take several iterations. Like several years. Patient. I'm yeah. being patient. Yeah, it takes a, a little while. He's like yeah, it takes you a little while for that to sink in. Right. No, he's a four year old. Like <laughs> not like offended no i'm like dude uh like and and the other day he told me like he i hadn't i I don't shave my armpits every time i shower fuck off like seriously and that's okay uh, i don't shave my uh, ass crack either so (laughs) (laughs) no so he like my arms were a little my armpits were a little hairy and he goes you need to shave and i go no i don't he goes no but they're hairy i don't care I said, I just give him the middle finger and be like, nope. I'm like, I will shave when I want to, and no, and I never ever have to shave. I will shave when I want to. Yep. And William, without looking up from his computer, goes, Yep. <laughs> That's okay. I don't know about you guys, but that does it for us for this week's episode. Um, 
I would say we're off to go record the secret patron episode. You should at least go listen. That's going to be available on Friday for the six month old one. Uh, I know that a lot of you guys are checking it out. I'm glad that you do. If you want to hear the ref, the fresh shit, it's a bucking episode. And we, yeah, are, you're going to have to pay for it. We are recording the atheist delusion show to go on Patreon. Like I think this weekend. <laughs> so, yeah. Get over there. Yeah. It's only going to cost you a buck an episode, and you get to hear. Yeah, I'm not going to say you get to listen to the whole movie, wink, wink, wink. but you will definitely hear our uh, our us talking over it. Let's put it that way. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so that's it for us this week. Uh, I'm we're out of here. Catch us on social media, Utah Outcasts. Uh, you know where to find us. God damn it! So thanks to Felicia and thanks to Kyle and. <laughs> Thanks to Deborah for joining us. That was a great interview. Yeah. But sadly, this is the part where we must say to you guys that the Outcast will catch you again next week with a brand new episode. But until then, you're welcome. Bonne Good night, everybody. And I'm playing you guys out with a Rush song. Yeah. <laughs> Good night, y'all. <laughs>
stuff to do. Good. No, we're, we're not we're not okay. that rough i mean we had we've we've had <laughs> let's see we had unless you want it all right yeah, i'm done i'm true. done i'm done i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm sorry. no we did have a evangelical christian on and we we played nice with him and we had we had uh, Al, uh alan on and alan <laughs> took it like a champ so <laughs> well i can take anything alan? a guy named alan can take are you talking about alan. andy no alan <laughs> You weren't Alan, on for that episode, Alan Zog. Yeah, you weren't on for that one. Me and Kyle's work buddy. Well, mainly Kyle's work buddy, but <laughs> I, I know him from work as well. Oh, oh that was the, the yeah, important that was a thing you just he learned is that she doesn't listen when she's not on. I don't. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> it's not. I don't know what it is. We don't like, listen to like, our own shows. I, okay, what are you talking about? No, when I'm on, I'm like, I'm not sure I want to hear this about like. Like, I get, like, weirdly, like, too analytical about it, and I get in my own head, and then, like, it's not fun for me. And when I'm not on, I'm like, no, I totally would have said this right at this moment! And then I beat myself up for not being there, so... (laughs) I don't think I know a single person who podcasts regularly who listens to theirs when they're not on, because they do that same thing. I was just being being a bitch. I was also the person (laughs) who pointed out... To the professor that somebody next to me opened his book in week 10 and it made a creaking noise because it was obviously the first time he'd opened it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that so I'm book just sound. really good at that. I was the guy that made that That's... book sound. I've yep. floated through 13 weeks of the class. <laughs> yep. I'm the Al Gore of everything. <laughs> I just point out when things, you know, things that make other people embarrassed. All around the world. Poverty is stealing choices from kids. It's time to give those choices back. Introducing Chosen, World Vision's new invitation to sponsorship. For the first time, kids have the power to choose their own sponsors. Now the choice is theirs. 
The choice to take hold of their future and even the choice to step into a life-changing relationship with you. Learn more at worldvision.org slash chosen. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.